Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode zero of Tides of Death. How are you guys doing today? Mr. Moon, what's going on, buddy? Doing well. Sat up all night playing some League of Legends, and now I'm here to play some Dungeons & Dragons. Very excited. Excellent. Uh, this show is your brainchild. This is your baby. What do you got to tell us about it? Are you ready for this? Do you have big plans? Excited, yeah. Got a nice little pirate campaign. Uh, evil pirate campaign, hopefully. So... Should be a lot of fun. Great. Be a lot of fun. Great. Uh, and what about you, Mr. A.G. Greenzerg, in the bottom middle? Looking um, menacing. You know, I'm doing all right. Been at work. Uh, just your standard day, but, you know, I'm very excited to be here. It's nice to be playing with some new people. Uh, mm -hmm. Always nice to see, like, maybe introducing some new communities to your fantastic world, Neil. So oh. I'm very excited about all of that. Um, Moon's been planning this thing for a long time. I've been on board for a while, so I'm just glad to finally get things going. And I'm super impressed by the artwork that you're all watching. And I'm even more impressed by the fact that you're sort of doing all the streaming for us, Neil. So really, it's perfect. It's better than I could possibly imagine. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Challenges is our first game together. Are you ready to play some Dungeons and some Dragons? Not just our first game together, it's my first ever campaign of Dungeons & Dragons. Ooh. I'm very excited to learn from you experienced players. I'm very excited to get yelled at because I can't do anything in Roll20. Um, yeah, I'm super hyped to learn a lot and um, do some awesome role-playing. Do you believe in beginner's luck? Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking the forward to it. New people always roll really good stats. At least that's what happened with Azerwind. So they we'll do. See. He rolled broken stats. Piece of shit, right. Azerwind. And then you killed him. So. Yeah, well, had to be. Yeah, so don't roll too well, guys. <laughs> don't roll too well. Or... <laughs> I love you, Tom, if you're out there. Uh, Potato McWhiskey, man with uh, no cam for the day. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, sorry I don't have a cam. I'm not at home at the moment. So uh, right. I'm super excited. I've watched a few of uh, of the shows that you've done with stuff like uh, with that Mooten have been in, and I'm really mm -hmm. excited to actually take part. And so I go up against the DM, the DM king of Koibu. <laughs> going against me we're collaborating it's long form collaborative storytelling is what we're doing you and i are on the same side don't you know. listen to him dude don't mm, i don't i don't feel like that's true <laughs> <laughs> based on what i've seen i don't think that's true uh, well mr mooten you want to tell us what's going on here you want to talk for a moment about what it is that we're doing uh yeah we're going to be playing uh second edition with Koibu as a DM, I am going to be playing a wizard. Um, we're going to be in the Dardens. It is a new location in Koibu's world, and it should be a evil pirate campaign. So uh, mm. we're not going to be working. You know, we're not going to be upset if we have to raid and pillage a village. You know, it's going to mm -hmm. be uh, that might be a common place in this campaign. We'll be quite pleased if anything. We'll be quite yeah. pleased. That. Yeah. Yeah. We will talk about what it means to be in an evil campaign a little bit down the road, um, but that's definitely the the direction that we are heading here. True. All right. Um, so the most important part of okay. any character creation is rolling stats. And I kind of feel like it's most appropriate to start with stat rolling um so we should probably start with that but before that even we're gonna do just a little bit of tech setup to make sure that everyone's roll 20 experience is as it should be um so you should have all already changed that setting in the lower left corner 
where it uh i'm sorry in the upper right hand corner and oh. then you scroll down and you change your your avatar so you don't have these like big fucking boxes at the bottom of your screen so hopefully yes. everyone's already yeah, done that done. great um and just a, a quick tutorial on the top right corner there's the gear that's where your settings are uh a few over from that there's like a folded newspaper looking thing that's your journal that's where your character sheets are going to be hanging out and then on the far left are two chat boxes that's where we will roll our stats that's where we roll all the things and um you know there's a little chat interface and the way that we roll is by typing in that chat area um, a slash space whatever the dice rolls are. So if you're rolling three six-sided dice, that's three D6, standing for three dice six. When we roll stats, I think we're going to roll um, four D6 D1, which means we roll four six-sided dice, and then we only add up the three highest of them, which, uh, you know, we don't add the, the lowest stat. That will give us a slightly better than average person. And I think in this campaign you are not necessarily just random average Joes who are on adventure. You guys are going to be, um, without saying too much, sort of survivors of a shipwreck, people who already sort of have um, a destination in mind and some people who have been influenced to be here. So you are um, not an, a normal or average selection of people. So it's a nice uh, three you roll there, Nick. I know. First D one hundred, just getting out the back. A three. Nice. It's two <laughs> better than the roll in fucking Tombs of Scoria last week. So nice. Uh so I'm gonna play some music in roll twenty, just in the background while we do these things. And you are gonna want to go to your gear tab and adjust the volume slider there in order to make it whatever volume you want. I'll moderate the volume for chat. Um, so you guys can just smooth those sliders as you please to whatever sounds good for you. Uh, but you should right. all hear some thematic music now. Very thematic. Very themed, yes. Okay. All right, boys and girls, it's time. Now, we can all roll individual stats for ourselves, and that means maybe one character is significantly better than others, or one character is significantly worse. Or we can try and like have a, a well-balanced party where we roll stats and then we, you know, distribute the stats so it's a little bit more even for the party. But I don't feel uh, that really fits the theme of piracy and take what you want and leave nothing behind. So let's roll our own stats individually, everybody. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Let's let Nick. Let's let Nick go first. Really? You want to make me go first? Fuck. Okay, uh, I'll do it. I'm not scared. I'm not scared now. Yeah. Good. Except, Are we doing seven or six? Seven, seven stats. Right, we're right. keeping perception. We're keeping Are perception. Are we scared of the dice, Nick? And we're doing 4d6 d1, right? 4d6 d1. I'm going to write them down after you roll them. <clears throat> okay. Let's go. 12. That's Not fine. Bad. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's actually great. All right. 15. All right. Nice. Already better than Emmerich. Uh-huh. Eight, okay. Good, you get at least one low stat in there. Nice. Okay, another 12. Another 15. Two 15s. Right. I'm, I'm happy You're with set. this so far. You're done. Got two more rolls to go, yeah. A nine. Oh, oh, 17, yes! Come on! Boom! Those are good stats, Nick. Yes, 17, 15, right. 15, 12, so 12, this, 9, 8. It's the, by far and away the best character I've ever rolled. Finally. Yeah. Okay. Now, for the oh, yeah. most part, 
you can roll whatever stats you want, but uh, just as a quick heads up, we're not going to use any exceptional strength characters. We will put maximum strength at 17. Beyond that, it really gets game-breaking very quickly. So in order to keep everything sort of focused and nice and tight, um, we will just cap strength at 17, um, which is fine because you didn't roll any higher than that. So who wants to go next? Fine by me. Who's got balls? Um, I got to go accept I... my food, so it's not me. So anyone I'll, I'll but volunteer. you. All right, potato we'll McWhiskey. The, the newbies look. Let me just uh, be... put some lines in here. There we go. Roll your stats. Ooh, a All 16. Right. That's a good stat. Oh, yeah. 11. 12. 16. Nice. Ooh, my boy. Nine. I. I... Two I feel more? like you need at least one nine. Yeah. 15 as well. Jesus yeah. Christ. And, and a 12. <laughs> Those are really good. Oh, I'm rolling low. Here it is. All right, Mr. Mooton. <laughs> the Gimp character. Yeah, the wizard Gimp. You only need one half decent well, stat. I need two. Okay. Hopefully. Uh, that was not, uh, that's not, not a real cool. roll. 13. 12 and 13. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. 11. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we should keep the four. <laughs> Eight. Oh, oh, shit. There we go. That's one, two, three, four, five. I got two more. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve. Oh, my God. Nice. Jesus Christ. Well, you got your two good stats. You I, can that's play all I any type of wizard, my friend. Uh, yeah. Okay. 18 it, Nick. That's what we needed. Perfect, yeah. Well done, guys. All right. Ooh. Uh, it's all that playing. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out in your role of the skill. A little bit of luck. All the suffering of your previous campaigns have prepared you for this. Your, your redemption characters. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so I cannot go... Um, Fuck, what's it called? Uh, hold on, I gotta look it up in the spells now. Invoker specialist, right? Because they need 16 con. You can put your 18 there and your 15 in it. Yeah. Thinking about it, yeah. It doesn't make that much difference at the end of the day. Well, I'd get a lot of more HP too, Nick. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that? It might be. I mean, what do you miss out on? It's just lower spell learning chance, which I... It's like 50% lower, and then I guess I get max spells per level. I minus seven of them. Yeah. It might be worth it. An 18 con wizard is kind of crazy, though. What does an 18 con wizard even look like? Plus two HP on each roll. No, I know, HP, right? I know that, but like, what does he look like, though? No. He's just um, fucking rich, oh, that's dude. A good point. You have to be a fighter to get oh, more than plus two HP per level. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. But just imagine Bruce Lee, but instead of like casting Nunchuck, he casts Fireball. That's what an 18 con <laughs> wizard looks like. Just completely shredded, like no body fat, amazing abs. Maybe not like super strong, but just like totally fit the whole way through. Neil, you seem like you've thought about this person a lot. You know, I might have a dream where Bruce Lee is a wizard and he comes to my house and he takes me to a far off <laughs> land, but that's neither here nor there. Nice. Uh, Jan, are you ready to roll some stats? 
Absolutely. Okay, some good stats were rolled in your absence, so... Fantastic. Good luck. All right, what, yeah. do, what do I type? 4 Slash D... R. Oh, yeah. yeah, listen to Nick. Slash R space 4D6D1. Oh, oh my God. God. Hello. He's doing it. How many times do I do this? Seven times? Seven times, yeah. buddy. Two. Holy oh shit. <laughs> Holy shit. No, oh what is this? <laughs> Bullshit. Some max rolls here, man. Okay. 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 We're good. Yeah. Okay. Still going. These are still Six. fine. Okay, Ooh. there we go. Some. That's cooler. That's cooler. Put that in intelligence. <laughs> Last one. Nice. All right. All right. Nice. Yeah. That's not even that low of an intelligence. Seven. It's like fine. No, yeah, it's that's okay. fine. Yeah. So to look at these stats again, Mutin got 18, 15, 13. Three twelves and an eleven. Nick got seventeen, two fifteens. If I can write them, uh, two twelves, a nine and an eight. Yep. Pokemon got seventeen, seventeen, sixteen. Just ridiculous. Uh, and then what? Twelve, twelve, eleven. Is that right? 12, 12, 11, 7. Oh, seven. yeah, there we go. I have to put the 18 in int. I just 12, can't. 12, nah. 11. It's understandable. It's yeah. too big of a waste to put the con because of the HP adjust thing. Mm-hmm. But... So you can't go evoker? Uh, I can't go invoker, but I'm probably just going to go generalist. 15. It should be fine. Anyways, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I always do. 12, yeah. 11, Max nine. spells level 9. Max spells per level 18. Chance to learn mm-hmm. 85. That's all the spells. Got all the spells. Okay. So let's talk about this. Mooton, clearly you want to play a wizard. Um, you're right. going to play a generalist mage? I believe so, yeah. Great. Nick, you're going to play a fighter rogue, is it? Yep. Okay. UGE. Pokemon, you were going to play a fighter? Was that right? Uh, he could barely hear you, Pokemon. Yeah, he's Pokemon. Quiet. Sorry, I might be really quiet. Oh, you sound so far away. Quiet. I can't even hear you now. I can't even hear you. He's just gone. He's eating his schnitzel, guys. We'll come back to him. Potato McWhiskey, you are playing a cleric, right? A priest? That's right. Sort of a supporty cleric kind of role is what I'm planning on. Yeah. And you and I will have to talk about your cleric. Uh, well, we will talk about the cleric, but we're going to do some unusual things with your cleric, I think. Um, or some Yeah, I'm very odd excited stuff. with the hints that I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get around to that. Um, is this better? Oh, so yeah, much better. Yeah. Great. You're playing mm-hmm. a fighter, right? Yeah. I, be, I just want to hit shit with my fists. That was the plan. Great. You want to do like a brawling type fighter? Like yeah, a, I think so. If that's possible. Yeah, it definitely is. Okay. So, um, we can kind of tackle these individually, because um, I know you'll all need a little bit of feedback from me on these things, but if you open up your character sheets in the journal tab, 
you can begin to fill out your stats as you like. It should auto fill out your sub stats for you. Um, so go ahead and open that up and put them around. Uh, fighter, Mr. Brawler Fighter with two 17s and a 16. Um, clearly yes. your best stats should be strength, dex, and con. I'll let you figure out exactly how you want to get them there. But a 17 in all of those is great. And a 16 in all of those is pretty good. So uh, you can't go wrong, basically. Your decision is going to be like, do you want a little extra to hit bonus yeah. or like a little extra HP or a little extra AC? So it was it was Dexcon and strength, right? Dexcon and strength are the most important for you. Definitely far and away. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Potato McWhiskey. Yeah. What's up? I have a 13 in wisdom. It mm -hmm. says we get a bonus first level spell. Is that only for cleric? That's only that for clerics. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Potato McWhiskey, as a cleric, your most important stat's going to be wisdom by far. And then after that, you could decide what sort of cleric you want to be. Do you want to be more knowledgeable and charismatic? Or do you want to be more like, I'm ready to beat shit up? Um, a 16, I would soft recommend putting in constitution. That extra two HP a yep. level is going to be hella bomb. Uh, uh, you said wisdom, but it's called willpower here, right? Yeah, wisdom, willpower. Oh, gotcha. I'm going to use both of them, and they're going to be completely interchangeable. So if you yeah, hear I just wisdom, to make sure. yeah, totally. Yeah, Nick, uh, fighter rogue, seventeen yeah. dex, fifteen strength, fifteen con. Um, no, I'm going to put the fifteen in charisma. Nice. 15 Good strength, choice. 17 dex, 9 con, 12 int, 12 willpower, 15 charisma, 8 perception, I think. Love it. Love it. When are you not being a power gamer? <clears throat> well, I need to come out, you know, I need the charisma to come out of my career. Yeah. Um, where do I see the wizard specializations? Um, Player's Handbook, Chapter 3, Wizards. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to grab my book one sec. Yeah. You know, I wonder if the 15 in con makes more sense than in strength. 15 strength will give you carrying capacity. 15 con gives you plus one HP. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put seven in end, right? And then like 11 willpower and then 12 in the other two. Nice. I think that makes sense. Okay. I mean, I'm planning to wear with leather armor and Jan's um, character can carry my shit for me, so. Yeah, you don't need the extra carrying capacity. You're the captain. Yeah. You don't carry shit. You've got minions exactly. for that. Yeah, so maybe 15 con instead. Love it. Okay, so I'm gonna let you guys play with your stats and uh, we'll check back in in a moment while I review the brawling rules. <laughs> All right, so is anyone struggling to where to put the numbers in their stats? Maybe we can talk about it. Yeah, I I probably need a bit of help. Um, so like, ha, ha, I assume int like affects my cleric's ability to cast spells, right? And learn the machine. No, 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 no. So it's it's for you. It's only willpower for casting spells. Int will get you more like secondary skills. You know, so if you want to be like a healer or a herbalist or know mm. how to read lots of different languages or be a good swimmer or whatever, like the more int you have, the more of those you can have. Does that mean I can treat int basically like a semi-dump stat as a cleric? Yes. Yeah. All right, so I can go more of a fighty route, like put my high stuff in strength and dex and con, and then yeah. just max will. Yeah. Because uh, clerics can wear armor, 
they can use most weapons. You know, you will be on the front lines fighting, so any like con for additional health or dex or strength for like AC or to hit bonuses were definitely going to be helpful. Hmm. Yeah, I think and that's then... what I'll do then. Because I wasn't sure to max out my strength or my int, because I figured more spells as a cleric is pretty good shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, Mutant's character with 18 int is going to have so many like secondary skills anyway, so he'll probably be able to get healing and herbalism, that kind of thing, pretty easily. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go generalist. You do know you're giving up one spell per day, right? One uh, spell per level per day. That's a yeah. pretty big thing early game. Late game, not so much, but early game? Woo. You don't start with any extra early game, right? You would start with one spell a day if you're a generalist mage at level one. Specialist should be two. I don't want to lose this character, Nick. Which specialist would you recommend? I cannot go invoker. Um... Wait, why can't you go Invoker? Sorry? I have a con for it. He doesn't have the stats. Uh, is, is Invoker like uses their health to cast or something? Uh, I'm not sure. No. So there's prerequisites. Um, second edition makes its, um, designs its character classes in less of like a, you can do whatever you want and more of like, here's a concept for a character. And in order to play this character, you need to be at least semi good in these things. So. For like an invoker, you need to have at least 16 con because like the lore is the being able to pull such raw energy from the void is really difficult on your body. And to specialize in being an invoker, you need to at least be this healthy to do it. And to be like a, I don't know, like an enchanter, you need to have at least, you know, 15 charisma or whatever it is because of blah, blah, blah. So all the different specializations require slightly higher stats. Um, even like a ranger requires like two 14s and two 13s. A paladin requires a 17 charisma and like a nine strength and like 14 wisdom. Bards need like a 15 and two 14s or something like that. So um, there are some stat gotcha. requirements that just kind of fill out the... Like that, try and make your player your character more like the archetype of that region. And you're going to find a lot of that archetypal stuff in second edition where it's like, well, here's a requirement, but the requirement feels a little like maybe unnecessary, but it's to, like get that feeling of those characters. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I, I don't. Sorry. Sorry. Did. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I like the idea of like your body being ripped apart by magic if you're not like thick enough mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm hmm. What is a force mage? I didn't mm. see that in the book. I've never heard of that like before. Bullshit. The thing is, it's like, I always feel like giving up certain schools of magic is such a big price to pay. Mm -hmm. It can be, yeah. Let me look at Purple Worm. It's table 22 is what you want to look up. I mean, you could do Conjurer if you put the 15 in Con, but then you're giving up Divination, which is garbage, but invocation, and you don't want to give that up. You could be a diviner. No, you use 16 for that. Yeah. So really, your only choices are Abjurer, Conjurer, or Transmuter, if you want to put the 18 in it. Well, there's other specialists in schools of effect. Uh that I could technically go. Like, the Dimensionalist that Georg was, um, if that's cool with Boibu, I'll let him look at it real quick, but let me read this more. In the Wizard's Handbook you're talking about? Uh, it's in Purple Spells Worm. and Magic, yeah. Yeah, player's yeah. option, Spells and Magic. Spells and Magic, right, sorry. 
yes, I can send you links to the books. Thank you. No worries. I would lose alteration and divination, which I think I'm fine with. Alteration, alteration. is the biggest school yeah. uh, of all. It's got a it shit abjuration. ton of useful I, stuff. Oh, the same thing? No, no, abjuration is a protection magic. Alteration is just like, you know, spider climb, water breathing, that sort of stuff. Cringe stuff. Yeah, cringe yeah, stuff, cool. but also like hold like portal and wizard lock and knock and, you know, mm, it's all the like good. really normal, ordinary, useful stuff that you need to just like, it's like, you know, 45% also, yeah. of the wizard class. Burning hands, cola spray, enlarge, mm -hmm. featherfall. Yeah. The good stuff is all an alteration. Light. I oh, know, wait, not light. I think light is originally an alteration spell, but I've got a few versions oh, right. kicking around. All right, Spider so, um, Pokemon, for your brawler, uh, the way that we're going to do it is through the Combat and Tactics book, which looks like this. Um, oh, he wasn't even here. Pokemon. Sorry, for your I'm brawler, back. we're going to be using the combat and tactics optional rules for... It's going to be under um, martial arts, and there are four styles here. You're going to pick one to like really be, to really get into, and then the other three you can dabble with. Uh, so one of them, style A, focuses on using your hands. Style yes. B focuses on using your feet. You should definitely pick one of these two to be your main focus. Uh, style three is about like pulls and trips and throws and style d is purely defensive um, giving you blocks dodges um, and better ac so you should decide if you want to be more of a punchy boy or more of a kicky boy definitely more of a punchy boy excellent so we're gonna get you to specialize in style a and we'll go forward from there in a little bit um so let's just do a quick check-in around the table moon you know more or less what you're doing you don't need any help with your character in the short run right no, I don't think so. I think I'm going to probably oh. go Dimensionless and follow after my hero, Georg. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think Dimensionless should be fine. Yeah, 16 in or whatever is the minimum. And the opposing schools are Enchantment and uh, and Necromancy. Oh, so yeah. Like, probably fine. Yeah, that sounds like a great school to go into. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Nick, your fighter rogue, you don't need any help from me, right? I don't think so, no. Okay, are you going oh, um, wait, rules as written rogue, or are you going to go two-point Neil rogue? I think I'm just going to go rules as written rogue. Cool. Love it. I also... It. You said Dynamite starts at a higher level? Yeah. Don't worry about it we'll for now. We'll okay. come back Three. to levels when we roll for, like, HP and everything. Um, a little okay. bit down the line. Pokemon, we will work out your fighter stuff in just a moment. And Potato, you're going to be a cleric or a priest. Um, do you need anything in the... Sh I think you and I will just have to chat. Um, we'll yeah, we'll do this just stuff. like the basic cool. stuff, yeah. Great. So, uh, Pokemon, you're on my list first. So we're going to start with you. Um, you're going to be doing a fighter. So yes. what's your intelligence score? Seven. Love it. So with seven intelligence, you get, um, you'll notice on your character sheet next to the seven on int, there's a languages box that has a one in it. Yes. That means yes. in addition to your base language common, you can learn one language eventually. You know, you can be at best bilingual. 
Um, what it also yep. means is that you get one extra proficiency slot. And because you're a fighter, um, you can use that as a, for either a weapon or a non-weapon proficiency. So before we get any farther, just for the sake of all the viewers and all the players, I'm going to monologue about proficiencies a little bit. Um, proficiencies come in two forms, weapon and non-weapon. Weapon proficiencies you use for weapons or armor or shields or fighting styles or whatever. Non-weapon proficiencies cover, like, the things you know, swimming, horseback riding, rope use, direction sense, something like that. Um, yes. Every character gets additional non-weapon proficiencies based on the number of languages they're allowed to speak. Fighters are special. They can use that extra proficiency slot for either a weapon or a non-weapon to, you know, emphasize that you are sort of more martial focused and oriented. So for yes. you, you're going to start with four weapon proficiencies, three non-weapon proficiencies, and then one extra that you can put in either category as you want. Um, okay. Yeah. And since you are doing a brawler, I'm just going to kind of hold your hand through this. And then afterwards we can like talk details so you can like really get into it and understand all the nuts and bolts. Um, Absolutely. You've got four weapon proficiencies, maybe an extra. You're definitely mm -hmm. going to want to put two into style a, um, one proficiency is all you ever need in something to like learn how to use it. If you're a fighter, a single class fighter, you can specialize by putting two slots in something and then you make it even better. And then when you get to fifth level, you can master by adding another slot and it makes it even better. And that seventh level or ninth level, you can high master. And then at some other higher level, you can even grandmaster. So you can like really, really get good at these things. But you're a single class fighter, so you're the only one can do that. So we should put two slots in style A. That's going to be punching. Um, you're yes. definitely going to want one slot. Real quick, is this something okay. I'm doing on my character sheet right now? Or oh, yeah, that's a them? that's a smart idea. Um, the fourth tab over that says skills is the one that you're going to want to go to. Um, I only on see three tabs. I see bio and info, character sheet, attributes and abilities. Just below that, there's like more tabs. They look like boxes. Basic combat um, gear, skills, modifiers, settings. Ah, yes. Yeah, go to the skills and I'm one. Skills? Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. So on the, the right hand side, you see there's like that box that says weapon proficiencies and slots. There's a little add button below it. And if you click that, you can type in for the name, like style A, and then the slots, you can put two. I'm so lost right now. Hold on. Okay. I'm looking at your sheet with you. You see the proficiencies, weapon proficiencies text um, right below and to the left of encumbrance base. No. Oh God, I do not. Okay, maybe oh. some. Does your screen look like this? At least in part. Um, nope. Okay, refresh your browser. I think there was a, a bug earlier that we fixed, and maybe the browser refresh didn't carry it through. Right, hold on. Journal. This guy character sheet ah i see it now thank you okay yes. cool yeah, yeah i see so weapon proficiency hit the add button underneath that yes and then you can put style a um yes. for the name and two for the number of slots got it great um you're gonna add another row below that and you're gonna want to do style mm -hmm. d style d will just give you a plus two to your armor class if you are not wearing any armor um and it will okay. also allow you to make a free block each round okay. um, and this is you're going to have one slot in that 
Uh, and this okay. is where we're going to have to start talking about, like, real character choices. Because it gives you a plus two to your armor class if you're unarmored. Yes. But it means that you have to be unarmored. So if you want to wear armor all the time, then this is actually maybe not that great for you to take. On the other hand, if you're wearing heavy armor and you fall off your boat, it's probably game yeah. over. That's um, what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if you want to go just, you know, brawler fighter, then I would do high decks and uh, style D. But if you want to go like a more armored fighter, then we would skip the style D um, and just get you some armor. How do you feel about this? It's a pretty big decision you got to make pretty early on. I don't see my character wearing armor, to be honest. It doesn't. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of like armor on ships in town. Exactly. If you're like ever walking through a big city, you might be at a disadvantage where the guards on dry land can wear heavy armor. Um, but I think that will just fit the theme of seafaring really well. Yeah, Great. I agree. Okay, so that is three of your four fighting styles. Uh, you're also going to want okay. one slot in style B. This allows you to use okay. your feet effectively as weapons as well. Yeah, got it. Great. Uh, real that, quick, can you walk me through real quick again? What does slots exactly mean? Um, so you just get a number of proficiencies, and they, they're called slots. Oh. They could be called okay, points instead, but yeah. we just... They were called slots back in the 80s, and, and now we're still playing with okay. the same rules. I understand that. Cool. Um, I'm going to link you to the list of non-weapon proficiencies. There's going to be a lot of them. It's going to be yeah. overwhelming, and you're going to handle it. That's okay. Uh, so that link that I just gave you right there in the disco... Yes. ...is a list. I'm going to give you a separate list that then describes and gives you, like, text on all of that. Um, I don't expect you to read literally everything, because there's way too yeah, much yeah. to read. Non-weapon proficiencies. Actually, I think that is the descriptive one, isn't it? Yeah. Here is the other one. Uh, and this is going to be good for everyone to pay attention to for just a moment. On this second sheet that I've sent you, it's a spreadsheet. We've got a bunch of columns. On the far left is the name of the proficiency slot, of the proficiency. The next one, the cost, is how many non-weapon slots that it takes. Um, the next one over is what static keys off of. The next one over is a prerequisite. If there's something in here, most things aren't don't, but if there's something in here, you need to have that other slot to, to work with. And then the most important thing is the four columns on the right that have X's in them. Uh, you'll see at the top there are some classes. So if there's an X in this, in one of those things, like if you're a warrior and you're looking at administration, there's an X in it, it means that you can buy administration normally without having to worry about it. Um, if you are a fighter or a warrior and you're trying to get anatomy, there's no X in that for you, which means that that anatomy proficiency is like harder for fighters to learn. So you would have to spend an additional slot to get that. So if you want administration, it's going to cost you one out of the cost column. If you want anatomy, it's going to cost you two because it doesn't have the, the X under the warrior group. Um, and that's the, the dirty version of this. There's a How lot of shit here. You, proficiencies are based on your class. So for a wizard, I think you get one fighter for non-weapon, uh, one weapon for non-weapon. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of shit in here. Some of it is completely useless, like administration or bureaucracy. 
Like, those aren't necessarily useful things unless you want to be a bureaucrat or, like, deal with government administration or building business administration. Uh, but things like swimming might be super fucking useful or, like, rope <laughs> use might be super fucking useful. So browse this list. Don't worry about the colors on them. That's for something else entirely. Uh, and if you want to know what something does, you can look at the other document that I listed that has a description of all of these proficiencies. Um, and that should be where we are. So Pokemon, you should start looking through these things, looking for things that sound good for you. Uh, and while you do that, it's I'm like, gonna... mm -hmm. Since Nick's character and I have a backstory together, it might make sense that we have some sort of shared proficiencies since in our backstory, we kind of work together a lot. Absolutely. That makes sense, yeah. Yes. Um, so maybe we should um, come together on this a little bit. Gamble. But then also, I would imagine that obviously it's not good for like a party to like share like all the proficiencies and to split them up a little bit, right? Right. Yeah, there's going to be some some uh, some complementary proficiency yeah. choices. Yeah, but like it would it wouldn't make sense that like one of us can't swim. I feel like. Yeah, like we're both probably going to have swimming. I mean, I guess we're yeah. both kind of. Uh, rape use is going to be another good one. If uh, we're pirates. Yeah, and you um, two are boating... definitely going to need seamanship is the the one yep. there is i think a boating proficiency as well but that covers something slightly different than what we're going to want seamanship i believe is the the core sailing proficiency okay what is shipwright is that like building ships that's building ships yes mm -hmm. yeah okay. yeah all right and real quick again how many of these slots do i get you get three non-weapon um, yes. you've already used your four weapon and then there's one left over. So if you use your three non-weapons and decide that you still want another one, then use that extra that you've got. Or if you can get everything that you want with only three slots, then we can maybe use that other one for another weapon proficiency somewhere or a fighting style or something like that. So, uh, take what you want and then we'll figure out what to do with your last slot. All right. I'm just looking through them real quick. Yeah. Take your time. Uh, we will, come I back have to seven language slots. Um, Holy so shit. those are also non-weapon proficiencies if I don't use them, yeah? Uh, those have to be non-weapon for you, yeah. yeah correct. You have seven? Oh my god. That's what an gives you. Yeah. So you have a total of 11 non-weapon proficiency slots. Four for your class, mm, yeah. seven for your languages. Okay. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. Um, I do want some languages though, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can use them on languages. Totally. I'll probably use like three or four. Okay. How um, many languages are in the northern area? So common is going there, to be so the primary sense. language. Um, it's very similar to Eridonian common. There'll be like a you know familiarity between them. Um, so that's all you'll really need. But if you want to pick sub languages or like sub race languages like halfling or whatever, um, that is also legit. Common will be widely available. One? A common is free, yeah. Um, it'll be widely available and probably, you know, cover 99% of your interactions. The other language slots might be so you can do some, like, fun stuff on the side where people, most people won't have sp speak halfling or something if you're in a halfling area. Or if you're in the Dardens, most people won't speak halfling, so you might find that useful somewhere. Um, monster languages are going to be fewer and farther between. Um, if there are intelligent monsters, they're going to be on some of these, like, quote-unquote uninhabited isles like uncivilized islands um 
But yeah, there's only one primary language, unlike in Arcadia where you've got four. Yeah. Um, you can't learn any fish languages, right? Any which ones? Uh, underwater languages. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> No. Uh, Jan, you probably want to take the tumbling proficiency because it says uh, when in unarmed combat, you can improve your attack roll by two. Ooh, okay. Which seems yeah, like quite a big good. deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, give me one second. Mm -hmm. I, I'm assuming literacy isn't a free one, right? Nope. You have to buy literacy. Most okay, people. Well, wizard, I think you need that, so I'll grab mm -hmm. that. The overwhelming majority of people will be illiterate bastards. Um, nice. And that's just the norm. Okay. Nick, you probably also should have literacy. You don't have to. Uh, it yeah. would be kind of funny to have an illiterate ship captain. Wouldn't it? It tickles me a little. I kind of want to get torturing because I'm the henchman and I'm like, I do bad stuff for my captain, but I feel like I kind of need swimming seamanship rope use and then I <laughs> use the extra one on tumbling. Mm -hmm. You get some extra ones because you're intelligence, but maybe if you've only got 17 int, you don't. Uh, I have seven end, yeah. Yeah, seven it's end, sorry. one extra. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It's not too bad. No, no. Uh, Potato McWhiskey. Hi. Let's talk for a moment here. You are a cleric, so you get, I believe, two weapon proficiencies and four non-weapon. And then your languages can be used to get more non-weapons. Uh, you have 15 intelligence, so you get four non-four -lang language slots. So you can get up to a total of eight non-weapon proficiencies and uh, two weapon proficiencies. So let's deal with the oh, weapons I see. first. Yeah. I think I think I might swap my int and strength then, because I thought I needed more language slots because I wanted to take a few extra skills. So I'm going to switch those. Okay. Some of it more fightery. So I mm -hmm. think I lose one non-weapon proficiency. Right. Um, but you will get a lot more carrying capacity uh, and yes. higher strength. Nice. All right. So you get four non-weapon plus your three from languages. That's seven. And you get two weapon proficiencies. So you're going to need a primary weapon. Unlike some other games, um, you ha are proficient with very specific types of weapons. And then so if like you're a using... staff or a mace. Right. Staff, mace, something like that. And if you're using yeah. a weapon that you are not proficient with, you just have a penalty to hit based on your class. And since you are a priest a cleric you have a minus three to hit with any weapon that you're not proficient so it's a penalty it's like 15 percentage points it's frustrating big deal yeah so you're gonna want to pick two things that you think your that like really suit you um that you're gonna be able to use often or if you want to take a hard gamble you can pick one thing and get expertise in it Expertise will give you an extra attack every other round, but then you only know how to use one weapon. And if you get disarmed, you're fucked. Yeah, it's bad. It's or bad if news bears. you come across a magical weapon that isn't the one that you have, you're really not going to be able to use it because, you know. So I recommend you picking two weapons. But I can't uh, gain proficiencies later, can I? You do. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, okay. Every... Every four levels, you get a new weapon proficiency slot. So at level five, and no, at every level, divisible by four. So at level four gotcha. and level eight. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and yeah. 12, but we won't get there probably. Um, cool. So what do you want to use to hit people? Um, I feel like the, the, the stereotypical cleric is kind of like something like a, like a club or a mace. That feels like pretty mm -hmm. nice to me. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll take at least mace, and then maybe something a bit more exotic. I don't know. Yeah, like a spear. Yeah, mace spear. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, mace and spear. That's it. Great. Uh, so why don't you head over to your skills tab on your character sheet? Thanks, Newton, for the tip. <clears throat> Good thing to get with these spear proficiencies. If you carry, like, javelins, you can use them as throwing weapons. Oh, I like it. Um, for so range, you cross over. Uh, I go to my character sheet and then skills. Mm-hmm. Yep. And on the right side, uh, click the add button underneath the proficiency tab or box. Yep. And then add mace one slot and spear one slot. Is archaeology going to fit in this campaign, Quavo? Archaeology is the study of the history of magic and mm -hmm. the wizards who came before you. So if you want to do that, that will. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So so far I have archaeology, literacy, and spellcraft. Um, mm -hmm. That's four. Okay. Uh, I'll keep looking. Uh, Potato, it's time for you to also look at that big ass list of non-weapon proficiencies and pick up to seven. Um, you know, also focus remembering that you got to check the priest column to make sure you can learn at cost and then figure out what the cost is. So gem cutting would normally take two, but priests can't learn it. So if you want to become a gem cutter, you need to spend three slots on that. And you need to have the prerequisite of jeweler, which is another one slot. Um, gotcha. I, I have five sort of pre-picked out. I'm not I, I'm just going to double check the list. See if there's any I want to pick. Yeah. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel free to just fill out these lists at full and then remove things as needed. This will take a while, so um, y'all go back and forth on this shit. Are you cool if I am the navigation person? Yes, Nick? please go ahead. Yeah, it's an int thing, so... Yeah, it's an int thing. Yeah, good, good. Saves me getting it. Yeah, I'm gonna get seamanship as well. Great. Uh, my guy worked on a ship growing up, so he probably... Perfect. Get these things. Gonna need that seamanship. Wisdom. It's the modifier. Trying to work out my last two on weapons. Nick, for weapons, you took rapier, expertise, dagger, and two weapon fighting, so you can dual wield a rapier and a dagger. Yep. Very nice. I thought about going cutlass, but uh, rapier just seems better. I think it's the rapier stats are better, yeah. yeah. Oh, now I want to switch. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a bunch of swashbucklers now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can. Um, normally, you can. most clerics are restricted in their weapon types. You are doing something unusual and something secret that no one really knows about, and we will slowly leak to the rest of the world. So Ooh. in your situation, uh, you can take a sword instead of you know, just bludgeoning weapons. You could replace that spear with a cutlass or a rapier if you wanted. Or yeah, replace the, the mace, whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, no, I like the plan. Okay. Oh, it's height rope ball. I think I want that. I definitely see you up there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you getting boating, Nick? Boating? Mm, no. What stuff is it? It's int. Yeah, I mean, what does I it do? 
the French suit allows the character to pilot any small boat, such as a kayak or canoe, operating it at maximum speed. It also allows him to make minor repairs and improvements in these boats. Waterproofing, patching holes. I don't know how often we're going to use this. I mean, it could come in handy if we need to escape or something. Yeah. Also, I don't think we're going to be taking our big ship onto islands to like look for stuff. I think we will be yeah, taking exactly. small ones. I'll grab that as well. Yeah, so um, navigation and seamanship will deal with like sh uh, large ships on oceans and seas and other large bodies of water. Boating is small ships and boats and crafts on like rivers and yeah. lakes and uh, really close to the shore. So like your little your little rowboat is a boating proficiency. Your big ass ship is a sailor, um, seamanship proficiency. Probably only need one person with a boating, boating. proficiency. It says, uh, is boating a prereq for seamanship? Or is it the other way around? It shouldn't be. Seamanship uh, is a prereq for boating. Yes, uh, what, yes, what that man said. Right. Okay, I was reading it wrong, my bad. Mm -hmm. Do I want cartography, Nick? No, I don't think so. Making maps, really I mean... Map. I think like, I, navigation. Yeah, I think navigation is better. Like, I could see cartography maybe being useful if, like, some guy is explaining to us where some treasure is and you quickly, like you know, jot down a legible map. But other than that, like, when are we, when are we really going to be making maps? I'll hold one on that. I'll hold for that. Well, I think that we're going to be making our campaign map, correct? Like, we're going to be the ones writing in, on the map, so mm -hmm. I think yeah. it could be very... I guess so, yeah. So the, I'm gonna... yeah. the flag of the area that you are in is sort of a rough map of the whole Dardenne's area. Um, so based on just like the flags around, you can kind of figure out what's going on, but that's not going to be a great map. That's just sort of like a, there are these islands, this is the order in which they are. If you want to be doing any sort of like mapping of the islands more specifically, um, or like, you know, advanced cartography type stuff, then that will be a useful proficiency to have. That would be like us knowing that there's like a river on this one island that'll actually like, is a shortcut and it'll take you like through it and like over the yeah because right? um, in theory you're going to be sailing around a lot and if you are a, if you have the cartography skill and you've got the pen and the paper and you're just sort of like hanging out making maps as you sail around then you will slowly over time learn the like ins and outs of each island as you make loops and loops and loops through the dardens yeah yeah <clears throat> that'd be pretty sweet to have is actually. potato going to have healing spells I, I, I'm kind of uh, tempted to not take healing spells. I am um, tempted to tell you you shouldn't do that, but <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I'm just letting you know if you do that, it um, it's harder. <laughs> it's so, not harder. It's on a different level of hard. There is um, <laughs> clerics get spells based on their deities, based on their patrons. Um, so whoever it is that is providing you with your spells is the person who will give you a spell list. I have gotcha. a list of prepared spells for you already uh, that you will be getting. I'm going to try and find it right now. I don't remember if there are healing do spells the in there or not. We need a healing spell on there. Just a Cure Light Wounds level 1. I have already thought about this deep and hard and made my decision and then forgot my decision. Um, <laughs> we'll see what Pass Neil was feeling, I guess. Pass Neil was a fucking genius, though. Trust him. Uh, I, I believe him, yeah. Okay, am I missing anything, Nick? For wizard non-weapon proficiencies, can you tell me what Imric has? Uh, I can't do yet. I think you got spellcraft. Spellcraft, arcanology. Okay, let me let me open up my other character sheet. Hang on. 
What does Imric have? Uh, literacy, etiquette, land-based writing, archaeology, ancient history, ancient languages, heraldry, spellcraft, swimming, and first aid. What is heraldry? Heraldry is like knowing all of the noble families in the area, what all their flags are, coats of arms, etc., etc. I can't really see you having that. I mean, yeah, we. I, 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 I think it'd be it because we were like nobility, right? Yeah. Nick, you're going rope use. Yeah, rope use. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense for both of us to. I mean, it makes sense that my character would have it, but I think having that overlap is maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like rope use could come in pretty handy a lot of the time, but uh, if you're short on proficiencies, then it's definitely one you can drop. Yeah. I have two more proficiencies that I can take, and I will have to. Oh, I just realized I need I need literacy, which means I got to drop one of these. Yeah, I need plus one. I got like religion, swimming, seamanship, fishing, omen reading, and then I just need one. Gaming. Sorry. Did anybody get a healing proficiency? Oh, you know what? I'll take healing. I'll do it. Yeah. Probably gonna take first aid as well. It takes a couple of slots. Um, you need first aid on healing. Should someone maybe get fishing? I, I have fishing right now, but I can drop oh. it. Someone else takes it. has got it. Yeah. Okay. If you have it, then it's fine. Just a, a heads up more. on the the heads up on the healing proficiency. This will allow you to like hit points come back at a rate of like one per day if you're resting. With a healing proficiency, you can bring that up to like two per day. And if you're in a situation where someone can get like total bed rest and you've got I think um, herbalism with you, then you can go up to a total of three hit points per day. Um, I've looked at the cleric spell list. There are no healing spells on here, so a <laughs> healing proficiency might be super clutch. Good times. Okay, I'm gonna drop fishing and uh, omen reading. <laughs> Neil, could I yeah. petition you to take seamanship for free, since we are sailors? I would. I'll petition. Well? Why would that make you get it for free? Don't you take that to become a sailor? Isn't that like a prerequisite uh, of sailing? You know, in the past, you've given like one free proficiency based on background. True. So that's why I'm asking. I don't know. I'm looking at your stats, Nick. I don't think you need any extra help this campaign. 17, 15, 15. I need literacy, and which, which do I drop here? Well, what do you got? Yeah, Seamanship, rope use, swimming, appraising. Just scrap appraising. But that's kind of useful for being a, for being then, like a, a criminal, no? Then, I don't know. I, I feel like you've got one, two, three, four, okay. five, six things. you got a lot of things here, Nick. Okay, I feel okay like... I'm going to get an herbalism proficiency. Wow. Not happy with it. So rogue three. I'm gonna. All right, I got first aid, healing, and anatomy. So we're good on that front. Okay. Okay. Cool. We should probably have one more person with first aid, right, Nick? Um. In, in case help. someone goes down, that's have the only way to get him up. Have you I'm got gonna it? get it if I, if you tell me. Yeah. Uh. Well, without first aid, you need to make an int check. And you've got 18 int, so in a oh, way, maybe you don't need first aid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. If you've got first aid, you don't need to make the int check. So mm -hmm. it's it's actually, it's kind of conversely what you would think, right? Low int, it's better to have first aid. High int, it's less important. Mm -hmm. um, so a quick note for Potato McWhiskey on spell casting. As a priest, you get a number of spells per day that you can cast. However, 
in the morning when you first wake up and your mind and your body are still well rested you have to decide which spells you prepare for that day so it's not like you get and cast five spells from your list it's like at the beginning of the day you pick x number of spells and that's what you have um, and those spells gotcha. will carry over to the next day and you keep the same spells listed until you use them so if you memorize five spells one morning you don't cast anything you just keep those five spells to the next day if you want to get rid of a spell so you can learn another one you must cast it um so you know if you, you're not a wizard but if you had fireball and you're like well i really want to change out this fireball for a different spell you would have to cast fireball somewhere at something um just I as a, so it's almost like a spell equipment like i pick my list of exactly things that i'm wearing that day Got exactly it. yeah and the number of spells that you can cast is based on your level and your wisdom um you we will need to link you to the priest spell level progression page on purple worm and then you will get additional spell slots based on your wisdom or willpower awesome so your wisdom as you can see says first x2 second x2 so uh you will always have two additional first level slots above and beyond what your the page tells you and two additional second level slots above and beyond what the page tells you as long as you can cast second level slots um so let me give you a list a link to this thing that you will need has anyone figured yep. out how to link individual purple worm pages yet i have no idea now it can't be done can't be done okay no well, we don't have the technology you could just tell me where to like the quick navigation yeah um so purpleworm.org slash rules i've dm'd it to you and yep. then on the left side, uh, there's just a navigation table. You want to go Player's Handbook, Chapter 3, Class Descriptions, Priest, yep. Table 24. Question. Gotcha. Yep. Am yes. I able to... So, Tater McWhiskey's going to take the healing, first aid, and anatomy thing, and I'm going to take the herbalism. Are we able to work together and yes. get that bonus? Yes, you yeah. are. Because in the thing, awesome. it didn't seem like that, but okay, sure. Yeah, that if you've got an herbalist sense. and a healer, I think they can work together um, for to that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so so far, my non-weapon proficiencies are spellcraft, archaeology, literacy, swimming, navigation, seamanship, boating, cartography, and herbalism. Sounds good. I like them. I have no extra languages. I will only speak common. <laughs> Great. That's all you really need. Besides, you're a wizard. You'll get comprehend languages or tongues or something like that if you really need something. Hope we can always do the, the ever fun pantomime. Sure. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to skip the min maxing a little bit. I'm going to go with something that just makes sense for my character, and I think I'll get torturing. I think for like the henchman, brawler brawl of the operation i think it makes sense for him to end up torturing excellent yeah. um but pirates yeah. quick heads up on torturing uh did you read the little the, the little blurb yes. on it okay cool like you it's, read not, the blurb, it's not always 100 reliable to get someone like get someone's information with right it, you you yeah. can make someone talk you can't necessarily make someone tell the truth but you can get yeah. answers yeah yeah um and then the, everything will be some role play from that situation cool yeah cool, cool. You know the um the thieves handbook, Neil. There's some like interesting weird items. Can I maybe have some of these? 
I generally avoid all the handbook stuff because they get wildly <clears throat> out of hand and broken, but tell me what you're thinking. Well, it's just items. It's not, no, no like, abilities or anything like, like that. What? Like, there's, there's like, um, <clears throat> like, a little tube with, like, a hidden dagger in it that you can, like, shoot out a dagger. Something a like dagger? That. Or, like, yeah, like, you know, for a surprise, like, dagger attack. It's, like, hidden. A tube? What? Let me, let me, let me find the, the thing. Yeah, because a tube with a dagger like that a you shoot out doesn't sound... That sounds but not weird. like a dagger. Sounds perfect. Yeah. What the fuck is the tube dagger? <laughs> Where is it? Uh... <clears throat> Uh, just so I understand the spell stuff, I get base one spell from my class at level one, and then I get more based on my wisdom, right? Yes. So at first level, you would normally just get one spell slot, but because of your wisdom, you would get an additional two. So at first level, you could cast three first level spells. When you hit second level, uh, you get an additional one, so you could cast four first level spells. When you hit third level, you would normally have two first and one second, but because of your wisdom, you'd have four first and three second. Gotcha. Cool. So right now I have three spell slots of level ones? Yes. Gotcha. You put a 17 in there? Uh, 16. Oh. So, Neil, it's called, uh, to find it, Thieves' Handbook, and then it's Chapter 5, Self-Protection in Combat. Death knife. It says the sinister instrument can appear to be a bladeless knife, but it's more often disguised as something more innocent, such as a case for a comb, spectacles, or a quill pen, a tool of some sort, etc. The disguise won't fool close inspection. However, the blade of the knife is within a barrel inside the handle and is spring-loaded. Knife is triggered by pressing a catch on the handle. The blade shoots forward with considerable force. Does the same damage as a normal dagger. Obvious advantages: surprise, etc., etc. You said chapter five. What was the page number? Or self protection in combat is the section, and then it's death knife. Death knife. Uh, kind of makes it sound more crazy than it actually is with a name like that. Let's read. You know what, Nick? I'm going to go on a limb and say he's not going to give it to you. Yeah. Other things are maybe like there's like shoes with fucking knives in them, like a bladed shoe. So, um, you guys might be able to answer this. Which spell slots? Like, so I have three right now. Let's say I wanted to use like a spell twice. Does that mean I have to prepare it twice? Yes. Gotcha. Right. Okay. I'm fully on board. It's slightly different from the D and D I've played, but I get it now. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No problem. That's what we're here for. Okay. I'm good. I think. Uh, and do I just get to pick the level one spells that I want, Quibu? We'll talk get to about it in just a moment. Okay. Yeah, you'll I'll pick win. five. Um, you're going to want read magic and detect magic. Um, and those aren't free. Right, those will, those are two of the five, um, and then we will pick a few other ones. Okay. I think the whole list is open for you, but let me double check my notes. 
Um, so, Nick, what I'm seeing here, uh, this weapon is basically, it's a concealed blade, essentially. Yeah, concealed um, yeah. The only thing that I'm seeing here that is weird is you get one additional damage on your yeah, first strike. Yeah, you, you can remove that. Sure, otherwise, this is just a concealed weapon. This is like a spring-loaded knife. Um, yeah, yeah. So... The, the section where it's talking about making backstab attacks with it doesn't really, it's not really a special ability. It's just the, you have surprise and it's easier to surprise yeah. an opponent with a weapon when it's concealed. So it doesn't actually, it doesn't impose any specific um, backstabbing mechanics. It just allows you to conceal your weapon more easily. So this yeah. is fine. This is, it's just a spring-loaded knife. What is the- I'm going to call it spring-loaded dagger. Yeah, yeah. Did it's it have a, a cost associated with it anywhere? Oh, uh, probably, yeah. Um... I, I'm not seeing a, a, a table for I, prices. I think there is. Let me okay. find it. It's uh, 12 gold. Okay, that's perfect. That was That's 10 extra gold for the spring-loaded nature. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Can I have, like, a compass and a spyglass, or is that too much? I mean... Those are both hugely and wildly expensive. Those will be things you specifically get okay. later. I need to find these. Yeah, your spyglass is, like, a 1,000 GP. Um, I feel like I had a spyglass on the ship I stole, but maybe it's just been lost in the sea. Same with a compass? Uh, no compass? Yeah, you probably won't really need a compass very often, and I don't know... I don't think we're going to have... Um, common compasses. Lodestones are going to be few and far between, and compass technology is in its infancy, so we will definitely not start with one. Okay. Yeah, we are not going to be... Our our tech level is not so much, like, late Renaissance as it would be, like, middle medieval period. And even that technology is, like, different if you're in, you know, the top of Norway or, <laughs> you know, over in uh, Tunisia or wherever, right? So... Um, yeah. When did we get reliable compass technology? No idea, actually. Let's see. Chinese might have had compasses in the 12th or 11th or 12th centuries. Western European figured it out in the end of the 12th century. So because this oh, is... but these weren't magnetic compasses. These were different types of compasses. Okay. Because this imposes uh, opposes enchantment and charm. I am not going to have detect magic. Correct. Uh, wow. Detect magic should be divination. Uh, okay, maybe there's two. Hold on. Oh, there are two detect magics. I two. I've been fussing with the spell list. Yeah, and so there's like an enchantment version where you you snort your dust, you, you enchant some dust, and then you inhale yeah. it into yourself um, to give yourself some vision. But I think the base detect magic is just yeah, it's divination. Cool. Is there a way to filter out enchantment and necromancy mm. on this page or not? I think you'd have to add another one for yeah. Let's see if anyone else already opposes those two. Maybe there's another class that happens to. Is that divination and enchantment and necromancy? Enchantment and necromancy, yeah. There's not. I can make a a spell list for you, though. Thank you. Hmm. 
you are a what is your specialization called it is dimensionalist dimensionalist Whew. I add the non-weapon proficiencies that I picked to my character sheet? Please, yes. Uh, it was enchantment and necromancy that you are restricted from, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Then I change these capitalizations. This file should work. Oh, I should never be using a weapon, right, Nick? Like drastic times. Well, at the start of the campaign, you might have to. Right, well, yeah. Oh, you're bow. You can't use a bow as a wizard. Oh, you're just not allowed. S just no bows, yeah. yeah. Oh. Sling uh, is what you want to do. Sling, dagger, staff, club. I think those are pretty much it. Staff, sling, maybe. I guess. Um, there should now be, if you refresh the page, there should be a dimension list added at the end of transmuter for you. Amazing. I think it is accurate as well. Yeah. I mean, I'd think about sling rather than stuff. I mean, do you really want to get in melee? Yeah, sling's just so cringe, Nick. It's not. It's quite cool. I mean, Google what a sling looks like. It's like, like a weapon of war in Roman times. I mean, the story of David and Goliath is one of slings versus giants. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. cringe. Why is it? Why is it cringe? I won't do it. I can't. I just can't. I don't know why, but I can't. I can't bring myself to throw pebbles at people, Nick. Yeah, That's just not cringe. my character. That's, That's just not happening. Are you going to hit him with a stick instead? Or character do it? It'll be great. I don't know. I got to think about it, okay? It's very stick, silly. Stick is a great weapon. Everyone loves stick. <laughs> It's the classic weapon. That's the OG weapon. Mm-hmm. Stick yeah. is what our ancestors used 100,000 years ago. It's great. If it's good enough for your ancestors, it's good enough for you. Can I get uh, marbles, Neil? Or ball bearings would maybe be? Uh, yeah, I think marbles is actually probably better than ball bearings. I think it's probably easier to... Well, I don't know. We have one of the two. This you should be a priceless form somewhere. And uh, chalk so is easy to come by. Right? Chalk is easy peasy, yeah. Um, ooh, since we're talking about buying equipment, we should roll for how much money we have. This is always a fun part. And then you can decide how much gear you want to buy. Um, oh, I feel like we've already used up our look. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. Oh, you know what? It doesn't matter because you just scrap all that equipment, Nick. You guys are going to be um, surviving a shipwreck and washing up on shore exactly. with literally nothing. So yeah. scrap all your gear. You you you'll start with the clothes on your back and fuck all. No weapons or anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys, we're gonna start with the campaign with you guys washing up on shore, basically like whatever clothes you have on you and literally nothing else because your ship will have sunk. So just my armor. No. No armor. 
Not even that. Okay. Yep. I'm thinking I'm a no armor, no weapon brawler. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, hey, you're perfect. You don't need yeah. weapons. Yeah. Uh, let's do a quick check-in. Mr. Mooton, how are your character... How's your proficiencies coming? Uh, Non-weapons are done. I'm waiting on the nice. weapon proficiency now. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Great. These are like all int stats. Thanks, yeah? Nice. Love it. Uh, Potato McWhiskey, how are your non-weapon proficiencies coming? Did you, did you get everything you needed? Are you yeah, satisfied? I, think I have all my proficiencies picked. I'm just working on my spells right now. Great. Um, on your your weapon proficiency section yes. uh, of your character sheet, you'll see that there's that column called base and a column called adjust, right? Uh, that's for non-weapon proficiencies, yeah? Right, right, for the non-weapons. Yeah. Um, so each of your weapon, not all of them, but most of your weapon proficiency, your non-weapon proficiencies will have a slight... Um, variation. So your healing pulls from your willpower, your wisdom willpower, but there's a, a modifier to that already. So if you look at the non-weapon proficiency table, you'll see there's a modifier and like next to healing it says minus two. So in the base column, you're going to want to put a minus two for your healing proficiency. Um, when you make a proficiency gotcha. check, it's based on your stat and then there'll be, depending on how hard that skill is, there's like a, a negative or a positive modifier to it. So that goes in the base column. The adjust column is if you want to get better at something, you can like, let's say you wanted to be a better seaman. You could take two proficiency slots in seamanship and get a plus three to your seamanship modifier. So the adjust gotcha. column sort is for like when you- an expert in a weapon, right? Exactly, exactly. So if you ever want to get better at something, you add extra slots to it, and then we modify that in the adjust column. So. Uh, Take a look at your base column and make sure that those modifiers uh, account for your proficiencies. That Brilliant. should be and, the um, same for all of you. Mm -hmm. So I know all of the spells that you linked me, or do I have to pick like you, how many I know? As a cleric, the your patron will be the one giving you these spells. And uh, every day when you memorize your spells, you get to pick which ones you want. So you'll know. Awesome. All of the first level ones, the ones with the one in the upper left corner. Oh, oh so I, I could just like stop scrolling down then. All right, this simplifies my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the list goes, I think your list goes up to fifth level spells right now. Um, yes. So you just just worry about the ones with the one in the upper corner. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I can pick easy now. Yeah. I think you've got five, 10, 15, 16, 17, 18 spells to pick from. And depending on the individual day, you'll probably want to like adjust these things around a wee bit. Yep. Um, let's talk with Archie B. Alder. What's up? What is up? Um, same thing for you with the non-weapon proficiencies. Check to make sure yeah. that there's not a modifier for any of them. Um, hold on. Is there for any? Tumbling has none. Torturing has none. Seamanship as the plus one modifier, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. And seamanship, then... yeah. So you'd mark a one in base for seamanship, and then swimming, oh, I think, right, is also right, base. Right. Yeah, no modifier. Cool. Uh, Captain yeah. Nick, you've done the same thing, right? You've already taken care of your modifiers, your base? Yep, I think I'm done, yeah. All righty. Wait, sorry. What do I put? Where, where do I put the modifier? Uh, under base. 
Let's yeah, see. Yeah, got it. Okay, cool. Base adjustments. And Cap, not Captain, uh, Mr. Mooten, you've already also taken I'm care done. of this. Wonderful. You're still doing yeah, your I weapon proficiency? Great. Uh, Great. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Go with stick, my friend. Always go with stick. The issue is I don't feel like losing an 18 in character, so I may go sling. Oh, okay. Or dagger? You can throw a dagger. And throw daggers. We'll go dagger and we'll just toss daggers. Dagger is just sharp metal stick. True. It's also, you know, it's a subtype of stick proficiency. So it's great. sticks at the end of the day. <laughs> I might as well just go spear then, yeah? It's just a <laughs> stick with a dagger on the end. It's just, yeah, it's I mean, too big of a stick for you to handle. Is. You know, you're used to handling big. smaller sticks. <laughs> My 12 strength can't handle it. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up for all of our players. Um... It is time to roll for handedness. This is a D10 roll that you're going to make. A 1 through 8 means you're right-handed. A 9 means you're left-handed. A 10 means you're ambidextrous. If you want to pick to be left-handed, you can just pick to be left-handed as well. Um, I don't care. Uh, ambidextrous, you have to roll for and get fucking lucky. Mr. Mooting. Jesus. Nice, man. Uh, Wait, slash oops, R or slash rolling. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, close. Oh, yes. my, oh god. my god. Yeah. I wanted that big time. Okay. What does this mean now, Neil? Is my, is my offhand now at plus two? Your main hand yeah. is at no penalty. Your main no, your both hands yeah. are at minus two, is it? Uh, both hands no, is no, treated no, no. as a primary hand. hand. Zero, it should be zero. With two weapon if, fighting oh. and high dex and, and ambidextrous. Yeah. With two least... weapon fighting and ambidexterity, you will have no penalties with your offhand, correct? Yeah, you'll be at zero, zero. Mm -hmm. That's um, what Anton has. Yeah, potato, McWhiskey. No, not potato, Good day, um, Pokemon champion. Yes. You, did you end up using that last um, unknown slot for something? Um, I think I used it for the for the tumbling. Okay. I had three non-weapon proficiencies, and then I put an extra one in there. Excellent. Okay, cool. Um, you will also be dual wielding because you're going to be punching. Um, so the normal rules when you're dual wielding don't apply to you. Yep. If okay. you are specialist in style A, the the character is unarmed. But if the character is unarmed and unarmored, he can make an extra attack each round with his other hand, provided that it's free, without the usual penalties for two-weapon fighting. So you don't need uh, to worry about ambidexterity or two-weapon fighting. You can just beat the shit out of people with your hands without having to put extra slots into it. All right, cool. Yeah. Great. I think it's time for hit points, everyone. And then after we roll hit points, uh, I think it's time to sort out, you know, character backstories and relationships, and we'll talk about what it means to be evil and all that fun stuff. But we'll do it after break, and before that, let's roll hit points. So, Nick, you rolled stats first, so I think you're supposed to roll hit points first. You are well, a well, well, fighter yeah. rogue. Yeah. You know what? Why don't we take our break here? We'll come back okay. from our break. We'll roll hit points. We'll talk about what it means to be evil, and we'll build out the rest of our stuff. So we will see you guys on the other side of our break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tides of Death. We 
are going to roll some hit points and decide some levels. Because we're not all starting at first level here. We're going to do some variable level starting. Uh, Mr. Mutin, nice. you are at level one and a half. So halfway to level two. I think uh, wizards level at 2,500. So you will start with yeah. 1,250 experience points. Cool. Nick, you're going to start at level two, two. Nice. Um, so I think we need to start you with 2K in both classes, which actually puts you at level two fighter, level like two and a half rogue, which is a what? little higher than I kind of want, but I think it's I'm fine. I'm going to level slower than everyone else, though, right? Mm, It'll be a, fine. Your thief going to level faster, but yeah, yeah. you will level um, so 2k for each of your classes. Uh, Pokemon, you're going to start with at level 2 as well. So 2k experience for you. Um, and Potato McWhiskey will start... I just put start that in at, the character sheet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Potato McWhiskey is going to start at level 1. He's not here right now, go. so we'll deal with him later. Ah, nope. uh, Mr. Mooten. It's time to roll hit points. They're rolling... You know, D6, I You're think. rolling a D6, and you put 15 into con, right? It's taking a plus one. It's D6 plus one hit points at first level. Okay, okay thank God. Okay. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could be one worse. <sighs> Could be one worse. Nick, All you right. are level two fighter, level two rogue, so you're going to roll 2D10 plus 2D6, and then you're going to divide no, by two. 2D8, no? 2D6. Rogues are same D6s. As Rogues are D6s. Same as a wizard. Same as you a wizard. think that he should be D4? No, I think I think he should be D4. Oh, I should be D8. <laughs> D6. I'll, I'll, I'll... Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. Two, plus two, right? you have 15 con? I do have 15 con. Then 2D10 plus 2D6 divided by 2 plus 2. 2D10. Wait, why so do you get roll... plus 2 at 15 con? Because uh, it's level, level 2. two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Should I roll it? You know, we should roll them. No, 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 no. Individually, I think. Let's roll the D10 and then the D6 and then the D10 and the D6. I think that's the right way. See, the the real reason why I went multi-class is because it averages out my rolls for Uh HP. You see? Big numbers. D10 first. Okay. Okay. Double my usual roll. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Uh, so two, four, six, eleven divided by two is five and a half. Plus two is seven and a half. Those two average out to one, which is kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) And it's nice. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. Fine. Seven and a half for you. Uh, next up is Pokemon Challenges. You are a level two fighter. You will roll two D10 or, you know, one D10 plus one D10. And you also have... Classic. High Con. So you're going to get plus three on top of each of these. So D10 plus three and then D10 plus right. three. Ooh, eight and... Okay. Four. Oh my God. Nice. Well, thank God for that 17 con. So you will start with 12 HP. Uh, The HP goes on the combat tab of your character sheet. 
Neil, uh, right. how's about this for an offer rate? I'll re-roll, but I'll take a minus one at the end. Yeah, you want yeah, to re-roll I mean, all thing. of it and then subtract one, or you subtract one from each roll? No, no. I'll re-roll all of it and take one from the final. No! Test. <laughs> it's I'll ridiculous! I'll re-roll and I'll take one minus. Are you no, interested? No! <laughs> no, you guys well, have, have amazing stats. You're good. Okay, wait. What about minus one from each roll? We just take that. Nick, I don't want you to have four HP at level one. Let him. I, this would be good. This would be good, Koibu. I, it will be very funny. It's it, let him. This is good. But no, here's okay. the thing: is if it does poorly, we're never gonna hear the end of it. We'll never. Yeah, that's on him. We'll never <laughs> let him hear the end of it. That's the. That's what it'll be. Okay, let me do the calculation. I think on average it would work out better. I think. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. I. You can't change your fate, Nick. It is what it is. Probably now. I'm doing it just to see, okay? Okay, okay. All right, okay. I'm just doing it to see. So just I'll to just see. Non-binding rolls. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Non-binding. Like a 10. Um, okay, here we go. <sighs> Look at that. Would have been so much better, Neil. Yeah. Well, it would have been three points better. Yeah. It would have been half all right. better. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's fine. Seven and a half ain't bad, Captain. Yeah, it's uh, not bad. It's not yeah. bad. Potato, but have you arrived? No, potato. Uh, we have grub and hotness to do as well. Yeah. So we Let's can do it. do it now. Mr. Mooty. Oh, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. You go ahead. Take it. Take it away. I think like 16 hotness. Wow. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll just make it an 18. Why not? Why, no. why not? If you're going that high, I'll roll for growth score there now. 3d6? Yeah. Really That's not 4061? Nice. Uh, I think. I'll take... This is my growth score. Okay. Nine. Nice. So for those of you out there wondering what the fuck hotness and grub score are, um, grub score is your ability to appreciate food and wine and beverages. It's like how good your taste buds are. And it's possibly the most important stat in the game for obvious reasons across the board. Um, hotness is how attractive you are from the outside. Just like your Wait, you need to explain with the grub score though, because I still get it confused. Does high grub score mean you can enjoy shitty food? Or does it mean that you've got- a, High grub a, a skill means you have a higher like appreciation for food. So you're going to enjoy things more. And you can interpret that in a lot of different ways. You could say okay. that high grub skill means that you're like, you know, a world-class chef who can really appreciate all the things. Um, or you could say high grub score is like, you've got the shittiest taste in the world. You love everything, no matter what. You've never had food you didn't like. You're just a, you know, a gluttonous hog. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to interpret this this grub skill stat. I like to go with the higher your grub score, the the broader your taste is. Mm. Um, and so someone with like a low grub score might be like a really like prissy Bossy French eater. cook who will only eat this one thing prepared in this one way because nothing else tastes good to them. And they like pass it off as if they're cool, but in reality they've just got a really shitty grub score and they're trying to like make themselves feel better for it. Yeah, that's that's my interpretation. Um, and hotness I'm going is with 4061. For what? My mind. 
<laughs> I've swapped my mind, Koibu. But you I'm already rolled. rolled. You already made the yeah, dice rolls. How are you? No, no. If, if anything moves, you should roll us another d6 and add on. Wait, as I, opposed. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you have to add a d6 yeah, 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 and yeah. modify your original yeah, rolls. Yeah, yeah. For the nine at the top, which is mm -hmm. drum skull, right? Okay, okay, so it's a twelve now. So now it's a twelve. 12. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fair. That. And then for oh, the hotness, four. Okay. Okay, so that's more. That's better. Eight hotness. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Good. Great. Not um, five and disfigured. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, you chose a hotness because that's just a part of your character. You don't necessarily need to yes. roll for it, so you just picked it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. you rolled Grub Skill, did you? Ten. I did. I got a ten. Yeah. Great. Uh, Pokemon challenges. Do you want to roll uh, your hotness or do you want to pick your hotness? I I think I think I just pick it. I think he's like this just very big bald muscular guy so if you're into that you're into that but a lot of people wouldn't be because he's a little bit too rough around the edges you know what i mean okay that's fair that's legit you are going to need to roll your grub skill and you can decide if All it's right. 3d6 or 4d61 4061 36 is just it's, a, it's not good <laughs> it's <laughs> too <laughs> rg <All right. laughs> Ooh. oh wow that's very good uh, that's high right yeah that's good, yeah yeah, yeah, so generally speaking, um, three uh, stats are between 3 and 18, so 10.5 is like a dead average. 8 to 13 is like 70% of the population is 8 to 13. That's like very average. So 14 is above average. It's like uh, 85th percentile. Nice. Potato yeah. McWhiskey, are you here? Hello. Yes, I am, sir. Hello. I've been here a few minutes. Okay, well, it's time for you to roll your hit points. And your hotness and your grub skill. You are starting. I am excited. You are starting at first level. Um, yep. So roll me a one d eight for hit points, and if you have high con, you get to modify that. Uh, what is your con score? It's Sixteen. So plus two. Yes, sir. The eight plus two. Hmm. Highest HP in the party. Almost. Nice. Feels good. On the cleric, baby. Yeah. That's right, I'm the tank now. All right. Hotness. How attractive you are. Do you want to pick it or do you want to roll it? Uh, let's roll. Let's let's see how we do. So, All right. 1d4d1? 4061. 4061 or 3d6 if you want to play on, you know, honor mode. Honor mode. Let's see. Wait. Uh, you have to drop. You didn't drop oh, one on. of these, so we'll drop oh, the, the lowest, which is a four. So you have a hotness of fifteen. It's very good. A very attractive priest. <laughs> Real quick, does my grub score and my hotness do those go on my character sheet anywhere? Wherever you feel is a good spot to put them, so you can remember them. There's no official um, entry on the sheet. It will almost uh, never be useful. They will always be important. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face. Yeah, they're never useful, um, but they're important to know. So that is your your hotness, and there's your <laughs> grub skill. Ooh, nice. Nice. That was pretty really cool. Very nice. Yeah. Well done. Great. So we've got all the, the stats and stuff figured out. Let's talk about our characters. Now, we're here to play a pirate campaign with 
evil characters, but what does it really mean to be evil? Because there's like, there's evil stupid, where you're just like, kill everything in your path and you leave no survivors and there's nothing left to role play with because you've just murdered everything. But that's not particularly fun and it wears off, like the novelty of it wears off pretty quick and it involves a lot of like players backstabbing each other eventually. And you know, it's, it's it'll tickle your fancy for a wee bit, but that's not really good evil. Let's talk about some fun evil characters that we might be aware of. Like, um, I like to think of the Joker from the Dark Knight as evil because he he's happy to murder folks. But like, what's really evil about him is he tries to destroy other people from within. Like the Joker in the Dark Knight is the sort of person who puts bombs on two ships and then gives controllers to each ship so each ship has to decide to blow up and kill thousands of people which will like morally destroy someone the joker is the person who takes uh harvey dent and turns him into a monster who is like the exact opposite of who he was he knows the batman won't kill anyone and so he tries to get batman to murder people and break his ethos the Joker is evil, not because of who he kills, but because he corrupts the things around him and he goes to great lengths to fuck shit up in like creative self-destructive ways to kind of create the destruction and chaos going onward. Uh, Nick, do you have any concepts of like evil characters from cinema or media that we would have known about that you can talk about for a moment? Yeah, I'm just trying to think about who would be similar to my character. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of like a, a someone represented on TV or film. There's got to be someone, but I'm imagining you know a character who is you know the kind of person you meet that's uh, nice to your face, you know, all smiles and laughs, but you know they wouldn't have any qualms about stabbing you in the back if it was for their best interest or ripping you off in a deal. You know, they'll charm you and uh, make you think they're your friend, but then when the time comes, they'll have a plan to steal your shit and. Steal your wife sounds your kind daughter. of like a Captain Jack Sparrow figure here. Smiles, charms, flattery. Seems like a good guy, no, but he's Captain also Jack here Sparrow to steal all your stuff. Kind of, he is kind of a good guy, though, Captain Jack Sparrow. I, I was thinking more American Psycho for Nick, by the sounds of it. Just like, Ooh. yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, Patrick Bateman. <laughs> no, because Patrick Bateman's like a bit. He's a bit weird, isn't he? He's like not socially very good. Whereas my character's gonna be like, you know, he's good at charming people. He's good at getting people on side. Hmm, maybe uh, more cult leader then? That sort of an angle? Yeah, sort of something like that, I guess, yeah. Mm. Um, it's got to be a good representation of this. I'm just trying to think through all the TV shows. You know, someone a bit like um, like Tony Soprano, maybe. Mm, mm-hmm. More of a mobster figure. Little finger. Yeah, that's a great little example. Little finger, yeah. Little finger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Littlefinger yeah, is definitely like an, an evil character. He's out for himself. He's willing to kill anyone to get there, but he's not just, like, murdering people. He, in fact, he goes out of his way to help people in order to use them later. Like, he looks for yes. the the exploitable potential in each person and then figures out how to use that to his best side. So he's yes, not just going to... definitely, gonna... definitely that. My character's not mm -hmm. about killing random people. Pretty much everyone has a use. You've just got to work out exactly how they can be useful to you that that is good evil or like interesting evil because you will you might go out of your way to save someone's life who you fucking hate or who has been working against you because if you can save your life maybe they will like help you out or maybe they'll feel bad and then switch or you know their loyalties will adjust slightly so i like yeah. that sort of approach to evil or you know self-serving nature yeah, um, I came up with some, like, ideals for my character. I don't know if maybe we'll do that later when we do backstory, but uh, I come up with some, like, guiding principles, I guess. That would, you want to uh, give us one or two of them right now? Yeah, so uh, number one would just be, like, what's in it for me? 
Uh, and then another one. Uh, real power is not measured in spells or steel, but in the number of men at your back. Mm. Yeah, these are good. Or uh, a good lie is easier to believe than the truth. Back. And you said that a good lie is what? A good lie is easier to believe than the truth. Yeah. Sounds like my character and your character are going to get along. Yeah, <laughs> right. Fight a lot. <laughs> One or the other. Right. Um, who else wants to give me an example of like an interesting evil character from media that us and the viewers might know? Oh, actually, I thought very good on my chat mentioned. Uh... Stephen Kenneth Destiny Bonnell in second. <laughs> Anyone else out there? Interesting um, evil characters. I'm I, I'm really struggling because I keep thinking of like, all right, what is like an evil purist sort of religious character, and I can only think of like really simple evil. I'm trying to think of like a really like a kind of religious usurper. I'm, I'm trying to think mm. of a book. Kind of like Palpatine, I guess. Maybe. Ooh, uh, yeah, Palpatine is a good one. He worked mm -hmm. from the inside for a really long time until it was his time to take out like the current like religious people, um, mm -hmm. institute his own rule or whatever. Or like, Palpatine's mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah, I think Thanos is a decent example, right? Yeah, an, I was yeah. gonna go with. I, I was also thinking of Thanos or, um, oh God, the name has come out of my head. Thanos is the sort of character who has a vision for what the world ought to be and will do what it takes to get there. And he's not necessarily, well, I know his goal is like, you know, kill half the population, but it's not like I'm going to kill you. I want to kill you. I have something against you. He's not like a murder hobo. He's more of like a, a visionary whose vision just happens to be something no one else is going to like. And he's willing to do whatever it takes to get there and destroy anything. But like, it's not personal for him. It's it's like a I have a vision that I need to make come true. He's very Thanos is more of like a Joseph Stalin type character who's like, I've got this idea. We need to kill all of my population over here to make it happen. You know, it's that sort of like and justify evil. the means. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like I like the sort of Thanos slash Palpatine, you know, mm -hmm. angle that you, you you've laid out there. Mm hmm. That's a good one. Have any of you seen the uh, Fargo TV show? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the first season... Um, what's the name of the main villain? Oh, um... You know who I'm talking about, right? He's played by show. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, Lauren Malvo. He's like... He's almost like one of those villains who's like a force of nature, kind of... Um, like, like, the way he describes his own character in the show is like... Um, the old pirate maps used to have spots where it says there would be dragons and he he's one of those dragons like he's just a force mm. of nature he's something that's there that you can't get past that will always be there to just wipe things out right mm-hmm sounds good and he, yeah um so is that who you how, how would you describe that like nick i really liked the the ideals that nick did a couple of statements that yeah. helped like codify your character um, do you have any off the top of your head that you can think of that would help fit you in here? Yeah, I have a few. Yeah, what do you got? Um, my character views like the average person is a sheep who needs a shepherd, 
and mm -hmm. um, one of his other core ideals is being bound is worse than death. Mm. Those are his. A sheep who needs a shepherd. And you said it, it's worse to be bound. What was that? The second one? Uh, being bound is worse than death. So like mm. being taken like captive or whatever is like mm -hmm. the ultimate dishonor. Worse than death. Excellent. Mm. Um, let's talk, you know, motivations here. Um, some of these characters that we've talked about, the notion of evil, it has a lot to do not just with how, how they impact the world, but how they think about the world. So if we're going to be, if you guys are going to be some evil characters, what sort of um, goals do you have? Is it um, personal wealth and gratification? Do you want to conquer an area? Are you trying to enslave people? What are what are some of these like individual, large scale personal goals that will probably wobble a little bit as the campaign comes along? Uh, my two would just make as much money as possible and be feared across the seas. Money uh, yeah, my character's is um, the Fountain of Youth. He wants to be free from like the chains of uh, Varasi that bind all mortal souls, so he doesn't want to die. Um, and he wants to be free from that. So his big goal is to be free from death. So Fountain of Youth. Nice. Uh, um, for my character's motivation are mostly just motivated by um, following along and like loyalty. Um, he's like a character who always has looked for like authority figures in his life, and he's like ex-military, and everything is kind of hard for him to break out of that kind of life. So he kind of looks up to the captain as like the authority that he will always loyally follow. So that kind of never breaking breaking that loyalty is like his highest ideal. Mm -hmm. And then he also just really likes being out on the sea. Like mm -hmm. he loves the the sea and really really does actually dislike being on land and if he could he would just like um be out there at all times those are like right. the two big motivators for him pretty much so less a leader of evil and more of a devout follower and will happen you know if, if your captain says we're gonna feed the poor you'll feed the poor if your captain says we'll murder the poor you'll murder the poor right absolutely okay yeah. cool so big on loyalty love it what about you, Potato McWhiskey? Uh, I think my character's two main motivations are um, firstly to find my lost brother, mm -hmm. uh, which is like a more personal thing. And then the second one is to just become powerful, like have a, you know, infinite wealth, infinite power, immortality, whatever that is. He just wants to be like the head of a religion or a king or some sort of way to have influence and power is like really a driving motivation to achieve his end. Great, great. This is actually going to work. You and I are going to have to, we'll do some stuff for your character. I think we had talked before and we might do um, like two solo sessions or like four solo sessions broken up over two gameplay sessions or something to kind of get a little bit of like backstory on these characters and do a like what they were doing before they all got shipwrecked sort of thing. Um, and yeah. I think this like personal desire for power, wealth, glory, fame, whatever it is, will roll really well into your um, interesting backstory that we've got to play with here. So I think that's great. Um, I, I still want to talk about evilness just a little bit more because it's hard to do an evil campaign and I want to set us up on the right foot. So um, let's talk about evil-ish solutions to problems like this. Um, what are 
party's going to start with basically no stuff, right? You're all like washing up on shore. So um, you're going to need to get some things. At least you're going to need weapons. You're probably going to need money. At some point, you're going to need a boat. You're going to need food. You're going to have nothing. You're going to have to get everything. So um, aside from just straight up murdering people and taking their stuff, what are some creative, not lawful not good solutions to getting your things does anyone have a, a a good solution for getting some weapons for the party blackmail ah how would you blackmail someone for weapons just you know for weapons yeah for gear i'm not sure um you know like take someone hostage or something like that i mm. mean it's easier to blackmail for money than it is for weapons that's true you know then- for, for money you could like find out something about someone and blackmail mm-hmm. them about releasing the information you know mm-hmm. or frame and them. you don't even need to find out something that happened you could just frame them and convince enough people you could threaten them and say i'll be able to convince people that this is true and then so with that money you can buy your weapons right yeah perfect yeah. and then that doesn't leave any body count behind and it leaves you with an interesting npc that might have a grudge against you or maybe you can manipulate in the future again or maybe the people that you turned against them can somehow then become allies for your own purposeful nonsense yeah you could also um rely on the friendship of strangers and then rob them in the night you know like mm. uh, we've been shipwrecked we're homeless we're hungry can we stay in your tavern talk your way into someone's sleep, house like, and then when their back is turned Mm-hmm. It's very little finger. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, deception and lies are another good one. Like, we could pretend to be, you know, a representative of a company or a band or something and be like, hey, listen, we're on this thing. We got shipwrecked. Super need, like, a couple of weapons so that we can get to this outpost. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Good. Uh, I'm, I want to push us into a, a non murder hobo approach because it's really easy for campaigns that are intended to be like evil characters or less um, upright characters to to quickly slip into murder hobo and certainly some people are going to have to die for this campaign to work you know you're going to have to murder a lot of people it's going to happen but I want to make sure we get off on the right foot where it's not just death for no apparent reason you know You'll have guards to kill. You'll have people to kill. But also look out for those folks who are going to be useful to you. Um, And speaking of folks who are useful to you, let's talk about the structure of our ship and crew. Um, Granted, we haven't gone through the first episode or any of the, like, setup for this, but we sort of have a format already. We've got a a wizard who was originally from the area that we're campaigning in who was um, sent away. Why were you sent away here, Mr. Mouton, from the Dardens? Uh, I believe that my character was sent away because he was born a wizard um, mm-hmm. and his parents wanted a better life for him because they saw mm-hmm. that he was magically inclined. So they put him on a pirate ship and shipped him off to Arcadia um, to yeah. flee the White Cleric because they are massacring anyone who doesn't fit in their certain uh, sub sect of magic, it seemed like. Right. So the White Prince is the guy who runs the Dardens. He is a cleric of Astaire, the god of, like, law and order and, you know, putting things together, sort of like a Zeus or Odin-type figure, like the the head, the, the All-Father sort of character. Um, and the White Prince is 
controlling things in this guy's name, in Astaire's name. And he's built a society that functions really well and is very well ordered. But it means that in, if you're going to be a spellcaster, you must be serving the state. And if you do not fit into the narrow band of people who can be spellcasters and serve the state, then you are a threat to the state and we get rid of you without, you know, you're just gone. So you were born and you were too smart. You got 18 int. That is way too high of int for the white prince to have you around. Um, it is known that the potential wizards that are born who have too much potential are gotten rid of. Um, and the white prince has a like a, a certain threshold at which anyone with too much potential above this, we're not gonna bother letting it to society. We wanna cap our wizards so at most they can reach fourth level, fifth level, sixth level. There's a level mark in there somewhere. So anyone who's got intelligence and spellcasting abilities that would allow them to level higher than that uh, gets, gets gotten rid of. So you were too brilliant. Your parents could tell the White Prince was gonna come and get rid of you. You know, you were just a gifted child, way too gifted. Uh, so they sent you away. One of our other players also had been into the Dardens before. Who was that? Uh, I think I had been here before. Mm -hmm. I was on a trading expedition. I joined, I signed up as a sailor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for work. And we got captured by pirates. Me and my brother were on the ship. And we got separated at some point, And I made my way back to the homeland. Mm -hmm. And then I went to find my brother again. Right. So how long has it been since you've seen your brother? I'd say it's been, I'd say two to three years, I think. I, of course, time passes differently when you don't have like mm -hmm. a stable thing. So it'd be around that. Okay. Two to three years since you've seen your brother. And you don't know where he is. He's just somewhere out in this region, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I managed to escape from the pirates, uh, but he did not. Mm-hmm. And um, does your brother have any anything of note? Like, is your brother a wizard? Is your brother, like, you know, 10 years older than you with, a, you know, six arms? Like, who who is your brother? Do we know uh, that we know about? I think my brother... So I think the idea I was going for is we were like Loki and Thor. I'm like the evil brother and he's the mm. good brother. Okay. Okay. The good so brother. So I'm trying to find my good brother. Because, you know, you can't... Like, I'm, we're like Joker and Batman. I can't exist without my good brother. Right, mm -hmm. right. Okay. Love it. Um, that leaves us with Nick and Pokemon challenges. You guys know each other from before the campaign starts, <clears> right? <throat> What's your relationship like, the two of you? So we were uh, working in the Navy for Aridon for many years together, I think my character was some sort of minor officer on a ship and uh jan's character was you know someone who was in my group but you know like just a your average sailor dude and then um when things all go to shit in eridon and the military command falls apart we just end up as criminals on the coast in weatherlight hanging around there for a few years doing our thing um he's in my crew you know i've got a small group of guys that I work with doing various criminal enterprises when um, an opportunity comes up to steal a ship that's being made by a newly crowned king and mm. uh, so we try and steal a ship and we get the fuck out of Dodge decide to sail all the way across the sea to another continent 
sell the ship, become rich, live life as kings. Unfortunately, we run into some troubles along the way and end up shipwrecked with these uh, mm. bunch of crazy people. Hmm. Uh, Pokemon challenges. Do you want to tell us how, like, one of the more, um, what was the moment at which you went from being, like, Nick's friend to he's my leader and I'm following him? When did that loyalty kick in? I think it was probably, like, when we were in the Navy together, um, because I'm, I'm a person who, like, looks for that kind of authority and is kind of guideless without it. So if mm-hmm. there's someone who exhibits a lot of authority and a lot of charisma, um... I'll usually tend towards that, follow them. Okay, um, so, so you guys have been close of... since the since you were in the navy together. Yeah, well, I think for sure. Yeah, he's always been like things... someone that I've like very much respected. Mm-hmm. When things started to go south, knowing how good of a fighter this guy was and how he was willing to basically do anything he was told, I think uh, my character's gone out of his way to make sure that he ends up as an ally once mm-hmm. um, once we get yeah. settled in our criminal business. Mm-hmm. Yes, excellent. And how did the whole party get together on this ship that was headed towards the Dardens? Clearly, two of you were already working together, and the other two of you, um, how'd you all end up on the same boat? Well, my thinking was that people were trying to flee Arcadia from Redport, and I knew this. So I thought if I steal the ship, I can just pick up a bunch of refugees in Redport, make some extra money since I'm sailing away anyway. And they just happened to be two of the people who were in Redport on the docks on the day that I brought the ship there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That will work for us. Uh, Mr. Mooten. <clears throat> not Mr. Moon. Uh, Nick, where was your ship initially headed? You weren't headed specifically for the Dardens, were you? No, I think we were going to Solemn, but it sounds like maybe uh, Moon's character and uh, Potato McWhiskey's character wanted to go to the Dardens, but I think perhaps I was just willing to lie and say to different people that we were going mm-hmm. to different places just to get the money, because it was kind of a rushed thing, you know? Like, we landed the dock, right? Hey, you know, we're going, we're going, we're, we're leaving Arcadia, get on board. And then somebody comes up like, where are you going? Are you, are you going to the Dardens? Yeah, 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 we're going to the Dardens, come on, come on. And then right, what were they okay. going to do once we get to Solemn? Like, Excellent. we're on the well, ship by then. The Dardens are on the way to Solemn, so that makes perfect sense that you're headed there, these other people might be headed here, and then the ship sinks and you guys all end up together on this island. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Um. Hmm. So let's see. We've got a goal for Mr. Mooten, or some goals for Mr. Mooten, some goals for Nick, money and fear, loyalty for Pokemon... Power, wealth, glory, fame for McWhiskey. Great. Okay. Do we have anything left on our character sheets? Yeah. Okay. So that we'll we'll leave um, backstories alone for just a, a wee bit here, unless someone has something they really want to say. No. Cool. Let's go to the combat tabs of our character sheets, everyone, and we're gonna have to fill out a couple of key details here. Um, the first things are the saving throws, which you're going to see on the combat side on the left. It's one of the yellow boxes. Um, from top to bottom, we're going to fill these out. So, Mr. Mutin, you are a wizard. Uh, from top to bottom, your saving throws are 14, 11, 13, 15, 12. Got it. 
Um, for record, a saving throw, uh, you want to roll equal to or higher than your number. So if you, uh, someone casts a spell at you that allows for a saving throw, you would try and pass a saving throw versus spell. For Mr. Mutin, that would be a 12 or higher on a d20. Uh, next up so is... So lower is better. The lower saving throw is better, correct. The higher gotcha. die roll is better, yeah. Uh, Nick, you are a fighter rogue. So I'm going to give you your fighter saves, and then I'll give you your rogue saves, and you'll just take whatever's I'm, uh, better. I'm, I'm pretty sure the rogues ones are just better on everything. Okay, well, you're right. They are. Uh, yeah. 13, 14, 12, 16, 15. Yep. Great. Pokemon, you're going to get fighter saves. Top to bottom, it is 14, 16, 15, 17, 17. Got it. And Potato McWhiskey, your saving throws are 10, 14, 13, 16, 15. 10, 14, 13, 16, 15. Got it. Yes. Um, so these are going to be your base saves. Most of the time, you just make regular saving throws. There's that little purple circle next to your things. If you click that, it'll roll a saving throw for you, and it'll you know do all the math and tell you whether you succeed or not. Easy peasy. Um, there are a couple of things that will modify your saving throws. First is your wisdom or willpower stat. You're going to notice on your wisdom willpower stat that there is a mental defense adjustment right after your, your wisdom. So any spell that targets your mind will be modified by this. So like a fear spell is specifically mind affecting. Illusion spells of most types are specifically mind affecting. Um, some sorts of like hold person spells are mind affecting. So in the situation where there is a mind affecting spell or spell type effect coming on, you're going to have to remember on your own to apply your mental defense adjustment modifier. And then you just add it to the die roll. So you'd roll d20 plus um, two for Saul? Soul? Fail. 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 Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Oh, you bastard. Fail. Fail? Sail? It's like sail. Yeah, it's like sail. Okay. It's, a, uh, it's an Irish word, so. You clerics get a plus four to mind saves already? I can't remember. No. No. Okay, I, I, yeah, I'm that's just from your high, high mental defense adjust. Um... I think uh, if you have high enough int, you get you're immune to certain types of illusions. But I think you need 19, 19. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that. Sorry, I'm gonna plus an in item before Nick. <laughs> if you get a fucking <laughs> plus one inside, I'm gonna lose my Don't shit. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The rich get richer, Nick. Uh, do, do, do. The next block on our character sheets is going to be um, AC. So your natural AC is 10 for everybody. Uh, the dexterity field should automatically apply. So if you've got high dex, it'll give you a dexterity modifier right away. Um, armor, shield, magic probably won't come into play very much. I think most of us won't be armored most of the time. But your armor field is modified by the, the blocks below you. So if you look Below those um, yellow, blue, and red uh, boxes, there's two horizontal lines of red. The bottom one says armor and AC type. You can add in there a piece of armor. You can say what its AC is or what its magical AC is or what sort of bonus it gives you to dexterity. And there's a checkbox to be equipped, and that way you can like quickly do your armor as needed. Um, weapons are going to be very similar. There's a field 
you can just add more and more weapons or remove them as needed. Uh, and that's going to be... We should probably fill that out right now, actually. Um, so everyone should fill out their weapons. And I'm going to specifically <clears throat> work with Pokemon. Pokemon's got some weapons. His fists. Yeah. 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 That's not Pokemon. Where's Pokemon's character sheet? Here it is. We're going to fill out your weapons together. So right. we're going to do um, a punch. You get two attacks every round with your fists, one with your right hand, one with your left hand, and then you get an yes. additional attack every other round. So I'm going to say 2.5 attacks. So the first round you okay. get two, second round you get three. Um, mm -hmm. You are specialized, so you get a plus one bonus to hit with your fists. And your and fists... plus two from tumbling. Ooh, you're right. So you get a plus three to hit um, from your oh, fists, shit. and you get a plus two to damage because of your specialization. Um, All right. You get strength damage too, right? Yeah. Let's take a look and at your so your one. strength is seventeen. So you get a plus one to hit from that, and a plus one to damage from that. Um, that plus one to hit is going to apply to everything, though. So we're going to do something slightly more complicated with your hit bonuses. There's that red okay. box to the right um, and up a little bit that just says hit adjust. Yes. So yes. from level, put a one in there because you're second level. So you get a plus one to hit from being level two. Okay. Um, and then in that area where it says other source, add... No, don't add anything to that because it's already applied naturally. Never mind, you're good. Um, so just right. plus one from level. Um, yeah. So, your basic attack bonus, which you'll see at the very top, is plus two. That's one from level and one from your high strength. So, you always have plus okay. two to hit. Um, your wep your punch has an additional three attached to it, and that is from your you know, punching-related specific attack rolls. And these two numbers will be added together. So, if we make an attack roll with your punch, you're going to be rolling at uh, D20 plus five. Although, right. it didn't roll it for some reason. We will fix that. Interesting. I'll fix it later. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be how it goes for you. Um, similarly, you can kick. So that's going to be uh, one kick per round. You have a bonus to kick of two, which is from your tumbling, and your kick does d6, and you have two uh, you have one to damage from your strength, and your punch has an extra one to damage from your strength. Cool. Your type so in theory, in the future, you could get, like, fifth weapons. What do you mean? Uh, like, brass knuckles mm. or something. Like totally. Brass knuckles in theory. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. If he gets brass knuckles, I think they... They do, um... Brass Knuckles do D4 damage. Okay. So, most people's punches do D2 damage, and half of it is temporary. Uh, when you are a specialized pummeler like Potato McWhiskey over here, I'm sorry, like Pokemon Challenges Pokemon. over here, uh, your fists go up by a point. So instead of doing D2, you do D3 damage. Um, you're allowed to hit anyone of any size because normally, like, if you if you punch someone who is a size larger than you, it doesn't really do anything. Like, you can't punch a giant to death with normal fists unless you're a fighter who's, like, you know, that's your specialization. Yeah. So you can yeah. do damage to any size creature. And 
Um, you do not provoke attacks of opportunity when striking with unarmed fists. This is kind of a key thing here. If someone's got a weapon... Right. They're just lying around, right? So if someone has a weapon and you're fighting against them, their weapon is long. Uh, so if you're making an unarmed attack against somebody who's got a weapon, they've got some reach on you. So they're going to be able yes. to strike you first. So for most yes. people who aren't you, anytime you make an unarmed attack, if you're trying to tackle someone, if you're trying to punch someone, if you're trying to kick someone, it provokes a free attack against you. Because you are a specialist fighter who specialized in unarmed combat, you can avoid that attack of opportunity when you make unarmed attacks, but that is gonna be your domain and your domain alone. Um, so that Got is it. super useful to know. Um, do, 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 do. There's a whole bunch of crap about blocks and disarms and pulls and trips that we'll need to talk about, but we'll probably do it off screen because it would be boring for everyone else to listen to. Um, right. So that yeah. is good to know. In fact, I'll probably actually have you read like a chapter out of this book to, to figure out your complicated character. Perfect. Um, does anyone else need to add weapons yet? Probably not. I no mean, one else I've has. I've added mine anyway. But okay. Just cool. Yeah. Cool. And no Why one needs to add armor. Um, if you look. It's, yeah, I think there's probably just a typo somewhere. There's probably an extra space that it's treating as white space rather than as um, a line break. I yeah. will I will get it fixed before our campaign okay. starts. Um, quickly, so the spells that I get at level one, I'm getting five, yeah. and they are read magic. Wait, 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 wait. You're not having to roll. No, you just pick no. five at level one. What the hell? That was always been. Okay. Neil, I failed magic missile three times at level one. I still wasn't well, allowed to pick it. pick it, did you? I did pick it, yeah. Neil made me roll for all the spells I want to pick. It's fine, I'm not upset about it. It's fine. Yeah. Also, uh, what are the spells that I automatically get that add on to the five again? Uh, detect magic, read magic, and then you get three okay. others. Yeah. Um, uh, and that doesn't. Does that include the dimensionless spells as well? No. Um, tell me about the dimensionless. Tell us about the dimensionless. What do you get for being a dimensionless? Uh, so the first three spells that you get are detect phase. Enlarge and reduce, and gaze reflection. Ooh. Um, those are the three. And then I'm barred off from the other stuff. And it seems like dimensionalists are all about uh, dealing with other planes and mm -hmm. jumping around. So in the future, I'll have spells that can help me jump around. And at eighth level, I'll be able to disappear into a pocket dimension once per day. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so, I'm trying to find the dimensionalist here for you. Oh, mage, song mage, geometer, artificer, probably after artificer, let's see. Alchemist. Why am I not seeing dimensionalist? Ah, it's here it in is. the, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dimensionless magic is opposed by this. You said you get three spells for free? Gaze reflection and some... Those are the spells that I have under the 
dimensionless Dude. thing. I, yeah. I don't think you know that for free. free. I think oh, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are dimensional Sorry, school yeah. spells. Those Got are the it. school spells that I have as an extra spell daily, if that makes sense. Uh, no, I don't understand. What does that mean? Um, when you specialize, you can cast a spell of your specialization. Yes? Mm -hmm. So one of those spells are the ones oh. that I would have as an extra Okay, cool. Um, I'm just having trouble finding that in the rule book. I totally believe you, but I, yeah. do you get other things as you level up, or what's the dealio going on it here? It just says, like, 8th level, so nothing until... Uh, oh, I can read, like, the other levels if you want. Hold on, I gotta find them again. Um, it's in Purple Worm under Appendix 3, Wizard Spells by School. Uh, spells it's gonna magic. be Spells and Magic, Chapter 1. Wizard characters. Appendix three. Yep, and the spells and magic. Dimension spells. Oh, I see. Here we go. Okay, so detect yeah. phase, enlarge, reduce, gaze, reflection. Um, do you still get a bonus chance to learn? Let me read the dimensionless area. Geometry, planet relationships. These things. I would assume so, unless I think so. Yeah. it says otherwise. Dimensional specialist gains the normal advantages for specialization described earlier in the chapter. Spells belonging to the School of Dimension are listed in Appendix 3. Okay, cool. So yeah, you get one first level spell that whatever is, that is whatever you want, and then one first level spell that is detect phase, enlarge, reduce, or gaze reflection, if you've learned them. So you should learn... If I've learned them one of those right you gotta okay you gotta pick one of those for one of your first level spells and i can pick all three of them i've wanted yeah if you wanted yeah um, so like other specializations you get a plus 15 percent to learn things that are in your specialization and a minus 15 percent for things that outside of your specialization so i have a 100 percent chance to learn these yes because i'm an 85 percent chance to learn already that sounds like 100 percent to me is there a reason not to learn all three of these nick I probably uh, only want to learn two. What are they? What are they? Enlarge and reduce. Gaze reflection. And then... Uh, one that I don't even know what it is. I mean, if you, only, if you only have five spells, I don't think detect phase or gaze reflection are that useful. Okay. Take Max enlarge, reduce, and then get that every day. Yeah, I'm getting that one every day, for sure. Okay. Uh, I'm taking enlarge and reduce, then. Great. So I have two more that I can roll for. I'm going to be going for Magic Missile. Coolest sprite. And Color Spizzle 2, right? Nope. One. Yeah, Magic Missile and Color Spray, yeah. Based. Uh, 1d100, and I want above a 75. 85 is a lot. Below. Below. You said I get... Oh, you got minus 10 if they're not in school. Is it minus, minus 10 or is it minus 15? Minus 15, no? I thought it was 15. Let me double check in the books. Yeah, minus 15. So if your base is 85, you want below a 70 um, on these next rolls that you make. So what are you learning here? Magic Missile? I'm going to do... I kind of want to learn armor, actually. It's clutch spell for all sorts of things. Nick, is armor okay? Yeah, almost good, Jeff. Yeah. Armor's good because it lasts longer than a day, so you can cast it in downtime. 
And then it's like a free spell. Hey, I'm going for armor. Uh, I want below 75. Okay, below 70. Oh, oh no. Yeah, because your base is 85, right? Wait, he's got to re-roll it, though, because he thought he was trying to get no. low. No. <laughs> no. Below 75, I guess. Or 70. Below 70. Okay. We got magic. That's okay. Nice. We take this. Great. I just realized I need to do my thief skills, don't I? Yes, you yeah. need to do your thief skills. Um, and... How many points do I get when I level up? 30. And I you start with 60. 60. Yeah. And get 30, so I've got 90 support. Yes. Um, so, Pokemon, you're pretty much set. Um, what I'm going to have you do while you're set is read through a section of the combat and tactics that talks about uh, disarms. So let me find that for you here, because you're going to need to know about... Um, you get... Uh, so, first, let's link Purple Worm to you in the disco. Here you go. Yes. Um, and then on the left side, you want to go Player's Option, Combat and Tactics, which is down near the bottom. It's in red. Yes. Um, then you're going to want to go to Chapter 5, Unarmed Combat. Got it. Uh, martial Arts. And then yes. Martial Arts Procedures. Uh, and you've got style A, B... And D, and D was it? Right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so in here, it'll give you you know a brief whatever for it, and then you're gonna want to look at that free block. Um, yeah, you're gonna want to look at blocking rules, which is gonna be again in combat and tactics chapter two, combat options, attacking options, block. Um, and you're gonna want to read the area where it says block. You're going to come into a word here. The word is called Thacko. Yeah. It's going to be confusing. Uh-huh. Ignore it. Ignore it, okay. It's Yeah. Um, Thacko is the 1980s way of doing combat attacks. I don't really know who came up with the idea. They were certainly high on something. At um, least one thing. At least one thing, possibly multiple things, or on like, you know, multi-day binge of things when they came up with the system. We subvert it and get rid of it. So the way that we play, you make an attack roll, you add a number. The total is what your modified roll is. And if you roll equal to or greater than your enemy AC, you hit them. Very straightforward. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Thacko is your base attack stat, which starts at 20 and goes down to zero. Zero is good, 20 is bad. Uh, and you subtract from Thacko the enemy's AC, and then you try to roll above that. Um, so don't worry about the Thacko, just read about the concepts of block, and then we'll talk about the specific mechanics of how it works later. But the, the, the general idea you'll want to know. Um, and possibly also pull trip is probably another thing for you to be taking a look at. Hell, all the attack options you're going to want to know because you're a, a brawler. Cool. All right. Um, while you're looking at that potato... Hi. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. I was just browsing my spell list, thinking well, about my character. 
spell list is exactly what I want to talk to you about. I have added a new tab to your character sheet called spells. Um, and awesome. it is here where you can add the spells from that list that I sent you. If you take a look at that list, and you know in the upper left corner, there's like a one for the spells. If you click on that one, it should copy something to your clipboard without you noticing it. Um, right. Yeah. So what you want to then do after you click on like the one in bless, you go to your character sheet, you click uh, underneath the spells area under the first level spell slots, you click add. And at the bottom, there's something that said Jason. Just put whatever's in your clipboard into the Jason, hit enter, and it'll insert the entire spell into your sheet for you. Um, and that way you can add the spells to roll 20 without actually having to modify, uh, you know, to manually type all that shit out. Oh my, that's incredible, because I was just looking at these spells and having to type all that out. No, 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 yeah, it's ridiculous. So click the thing in the upper left corner, put it in the JSON slot, and then you can add your spells as you want. And then on the left side, you'll see there's like a section for casts. You can put like, I've got two casts of Create Water today, or I've got, you know, one cast in Create Water today, or whatever. At the top, there's like a first level spell slots and a zero, and that's where you would put like, I'm first level, so I can learn three first level spell slots. And that way you can just kind of track in your head what you have potentially in what you have in the moment yeah gotcha great and should i just go ahead and add all the spells because they're gifted to me by the god yeah i would add all of your spells i don't think there's anything in here i don't know yeah i would add them all but do what you want if you don't want to add them all then don't add them all add the ones that you think are going to be useful whatever i leave it to you yeah sounds good i'll probably add the ones i think i'll use the most and then just keep this as a reference definitely great okay um mutin you have your Four spells? Yeah, I failed a roll, so that means I don't get another, right? Uh, no, 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 you should get... You picked two, you get three. Or you, you get two automatically. Read magic and detect magic. And then you uh -huh. um, pick three... And you rolled for two of them, right? Uh, Shouldn't there I be a third one? Oh, right, right. You got enlarged and then you rolled for two. Got it. Cool. Um, so you get one and one spell per day. You'll hide that large. There you go. Cool. Uh, so this is a great point to see if anyone has any questions. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Would it probably be a good idea to input my unarmed skill or can we just like roll that out easy? Like the first start without weapons. Oh, you're unarmed. Punching? Yeah, totally. That's a great thing to add. All right, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, you will do 1d2 with your fists because you are not a specialist fighter and you will have no attack uh, modifiers to it. Um, next question is names. We've got a sail. We've got Captain John Big Dick and we've got Archie B. Alder, but we're missing a Mooton name. Uh, his name is Nilrem. N-I-L-R-E-M. Nilrem. Yes. Um, Neil, okay, I want to bring up the idea. You know, if I've got a bandolier of daggers, would I really have no weapons? But I really not have a dagger like on me. I feel like it's reasonable that you, small, you might keep hold of a dagger when your ship is sinking and you're struggling to survive. 
Yeah. I like think a bandolier of daggers is very likely to all yeah, slip okay, out so and fall that, away. That gets cut away, but like a you single dagger. A dagger in your boot? Yeah, in your boot, yeah. Well, you're going to kick off your boots when your ship is sinking and you're in the water. So That's true. if there's yeah. daggers in your boots, they're gone. If there's a dagger in your belt, you know, you don't want to stab yourself while you're like in, in the moment of survival. Sure, you roll a d100. If you roll a 90, 90 or above, you get yeah. a dagger. If you roll 80, a 80. 1 through 50 or 1 through 30, you drown instead because you tried to hold on to your dagger and it cost you your life. <laughs> 1 to 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you'll have to reroll a brand new character because you died. The chance of drowning is higher than the chance of holding on to the dagger. That's the point yes. is that it's a bad idea to try and hold on to your dagger while you're drowning. Don't right, don't roll this. I'm not rolling it. I'm not yeah. rolling it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the idea is that you guys had to like you know save your lives because oh, your ship was sinking, so everything else got <laughs> lost. Wait, just in case. God damn it! Oh, you should have oh, done oh, it, Nick. Fuck. I should have done it. <laughs> Who could have known though? Who could mm -hmm. have known? Cool. Neil, real quick, I'm reading the Poland trip section. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it says you can only do this if you have a weapon that can snare someone's legs though right so i'm not um, really sure i understand so if in the event that you take the fighting style c which you you'll get another weapon proficiency at third level so you can mm -hmm. at third level then take that or use it for something else um then you can make a pull trip even without a weapon got it okay. um, and this oh, is one of those yeah, things yeah. that might be useful for you got it okay mm-hmm Yeah, so I think it's time for our second break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the area that we're going to be playing in, even though we're, you know, we're going to do a session or two before the party lands in the Dardens. We're going to talk a little bit about the region. Some of you have been here before, so you would know a little bit about it. Some of you have been sailors, so you would know a little bit about it. Um, and we'll just get a quick and dirty introduction to the region. Uh, but we will do that on the other side of our break. So we'll see you guys in a few minutes. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tides of Death. So um, we're going to talk about the area we're going to be playing in. Um, I'm going to bring up a map for us to look at together. Or at least, you know, for Twitch chat to see, because you guys can't see what I'm showing you. Um, <clears throat> so this here is our island section. The map isn't, you know, complete or anything. But essentially, we've got three concentric rings of islands. Um, and these islands are uh, centered around a storm or a storm is centered around them the storm spins clockwise and there is said to be a whirlpool at the very center of the center ring of islands and so you've got the tides are constantly churning in a clockwise direction but it's like an inward clockwise spiral so if you're trying to sail um in the dardens let's say you're you're starting out over here on you know this random island or whatever and you want to sail inward, you actually have to sail in like a big clockwise circle all the way around. Um, if you want to go inland, it takes a half rotation, more or less, to get to the next chain on the inside. And if you want to go out, it takes a full rotation. So if you are on, you know, say this island right here that I'm waving my mouse over, 
um, you have to like rotate all the way out and then you'll end up roughly on the island above it. You go in, it's a half rotation to go in because since the, you know, the tides pull towards the whirlpool, it's always easier to go in than it is to go out. Sailing out is uh, more difficult. You got to go against the tide. Additionally, so it's a bit like a solar system, right? You, you'll... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit like a solar system. Um, you can like skip just along the rings on the outside or in the middle or on the inside. No problem. Um, and I, you know, I've got a complex chart for measurements and time, so we don't have to worry about all that too much. Um, the other part of this is that the islands towards the middle are larger, uh, just in terms of landmass, also in terms of population, in terms of technology, and in terms of like center of the empire. Because the empire is the the core five islands at the middle is where the empire really thrives. That's where all like the great buildings are, the great mages, the great temples, all the industry happens there. That's like the heart of civilization. Um, the second ring is where, you know, there's, there's 12 islands there. There's a lot of people. They're kind of big. The empire still has pretty good control there, but it's not like the heart of the empire. It's like, you know, it's not quite the edge of the empire, but it's kind of far out there. There's a little bit more room for lawlessness. If you've played EVE Online at all, um, like the center islands are going to be one sec, maybe like 0.9 sec. The, the middle ring called the Midlands is going to be closer to like 0.6 sec or 0.5 sec. Like there's law there. You can't fuck around. If you murder people, you know, you, people are going to come after you. There's going to be ships of the empire around. But like the, the proportion like of them are smaller. Though? Yeah, it's kind of it's lower sec. It's lower. Um, the outer ring is very low sec. It's like 0.1, 0.2 sec or something like that, where no the empire has a presence. But, like, they don't have a presence on each and every island. They've got, like, a couple of ships that rotate through. And some of the bigger ports there will have, like, an empire presence. But there's 60 islands on the outer ring. And so, like, maybe five or six of those ports have, like, a strong empire presence. And if you guys are on, like, bumfuck island over here, you know, maybe there's, like, an official from the empire who, like, helps keep logs of what's going on. But this island is more or less going to be controlled by their own local government and the empire will like relate with them sometimes. So the further you are you out, the further out you are, the more independent the territories are, the less uh, reach the empire has. The closer you are in, the more the empire is in charge, the more the empire is in control. Also, the closer um, in I'm... you are, the faster the wind blows and the faster the ocean goes. And the further out you are, the slower the winds and the slower the tides. What were we going to say? The On the map, so these like dots are other islands that are yet to be. Right, like, these are just placeholders. Okay. Okay, vague cool. placeholders. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm about to link you guys a flag of the empire. Nice. Where is it hiding? Um, Battlegrounds. Maps. Dardens. Here we go. Um, so here it is for Twitch chat. Gets a little clippy. Um, and here it is for you guys. This is the flag of the empire. And you can see that it is cool basically like the islands themselves the five in the middle the 12 uh, the five in the center the 12 in the middle and the 60 on the outer ring uh, and they're generally referred to as like the core islands or the central islands um the midlands are always the that middle section and then the outer lands or the outer ring or the outlands some sort of you know 
way far out there area so if you are pirates of the empire you're probably going to be sticking to that outer ring maybe going to the the midlands from time to time where there's like a good score or there's something that you need to do but if you ever go to that central ring you're going to be in like a difficult situation the the empire is strong the empire is plentiful they have mages they have clerics they have ships with magic tools they've got ships with magic oars and magic sails that can self-propel um they have what did we call them roosts there are three at least three roost ships and these are large ships that are specially designed to carry griffins and they have specially trained griffin riders who can you know, wheel and swoop and attack ships or attack regions. They're all, all the Griffin Riders are like level seven, level eight. The Griffins and the Knights on them have armor and barding. Uh, they're terrifying. There's also wizards and casters. So that inner ring is like, if you have watched Firefly, when they go and like rob the hospital on the one of the core planets, it's going to be more like that, where if you get caught, you're probably not going to be able to fight your way out of a situation. The, the Empire is just too strong in those central islands. So uh, keep to the outer ring, keep to the middle ring, only go to the center if you've really, really got something you need to do in there. But that's where all the best tech is and all the best mages and all the good stuff. Um, yeah, we are going... That's where the good shit is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's right there, right? I missed that, would you say? I said, so we're going straight there, right? And just I pull hope not. Please don't. <laughs> I put so much work into this campaign. Don't go. Don't kill yourselves. We're going to be starting on this island right here. Um, you guys are going to be washing up on the shore, probably over, you know, on, on the outer coast. Um, this is on the way to Solemn. If you guys were leaving from Redport, the, the this distance between these two maps is not accurate. Um, you would have had to like go up and around the Dardens a little bit, and whatever happens, your ship crashes nearby in the middle, you know, in the midst of this big eternal storm that's always here, and you guys would be washing up um, probably on the backside of this island, and that's where our nice. first few sessions, our first chapter, will probably take place on this island, and then whenever it is that you guys first get a boat of your own or a ship of your own, we'll move into like the next chapter. Um, and it'll be, you know, the first part of the campaign will be getting a ship and getting your own mobility and your own freedom. And then from there, we'll be setting some goals about what you want to do with your ship and the piracy that you want to take on. And it'll slowly unfold and expand and we'll rope in some cool storylines and it all makes sense in the, the future. Um, let's see. We've already mentioned a little bit that about the wizards of the area, how they are restricted in nature and those that don't fit in are cast out or outright removed. Um, sort of same, same with clerics. When people are found to be, you know, having the ability to possibly work with the gods, they, those that are willing to choose a stair, the god of law and order as their primary patron, uh, are welcomed and you come into society and you follow the orders of the white prince and those clerics that might follow other gods um well they don't always get outright killed but life can be hard for them so there are few clerics of other gods very very few um and if you are a cleric of another god and you're going from port to port you're going to find yourself in trouble pretty quickly so potato mcwhiskey you're a cleric of another deity or another patron or another something, right? Who your yes. deity is is a bit of a mystery at the moment. Um, 
that's going to be something that you're probably going to try and have to hide a little bit. Uh, oftentimes, clerics are evangelical in nature and trying to either convert people or speak the good word of their deity. You're going to be in a bit of an unusual situation where that's not necessarily your jam, but you're still going to have markings and trappings of this other patron on you. So if you are like walking through town square and you're like, by the power of so-and-so, I do this to you. You might get a whole bunch of people being like, what the fuck? Who is this cleric of not a stare? And like word could spread and you could get yourself in trouble. So you might want to like play it, play it cool. Keep it on the, yeah, keep it on the quiet. Maybe I should reroll my charisma. <laughs> really good yeah. line. Yeah, just, you know, be careful when you cast magic in public, um, which brings us to casting magic in public. It's a dangerous thing. I want you to think of magic uh, sort of like guns. Um, and people have magic just like people have guns, but you don't just whip them out in the middle of nowhere. You're like walking through a grocery store and you're like, oh, I'm going to cast detect magic. Seems totally harmless, right? But at the same time, like if you're walking through a grocery store and someone like pulls out their pistol and starts reloading it, you're like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening here? Because you don't know their intent. You can't tell what spells people are casting. So um, if you cast spells in public, you might find people nearby freaking out, running away, trying to interrupt you. They might think you're trying to fireball the whole time town they might not know that you're just like healing yourself or or divining what's happening around you um so you got to be you got to be a little bit careful you can't just cast spells willy-nilly in if you care what people think you know um so that'll cover our two spell casters here uh linguistically commons the language of the land when you say um, common you mean aridonian sure we're, we're just going to call it common just for okay. simplicity's sake. Yeah. But it is related to Eridonian. Yes. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. Culture-wise, each island is going to... It, you, you can think of the islands here like the the United Island... It's called the United Islands of the Dardens is the name of the empire. So each island has its own ruler or its own ruling class who has domain over that island. That is to say, if you're on you know, whatever island, Floatsome Island, which is the one that you're starting on, the whoever the ruler of Floatsome Island is, ha, you know, they enforce the laws on the island. The Empire, the, the Federation, the, the federal state, whatever it is, um, they control harbors, docks, ports, and they have rule at sea. So um, if you're out on the ocean, you are in the domain of the federal government. If you're on an island itself, you're probably in the domain of the people on that island. That said, the federal government can, with the proper edict, uh, enforce law on land. But that needs to come in like written format. The, the empire is around the god of like law and order so there's a lot of like paperwork and bureaucracy and there's lots of like checking logs and every time a ship comes in they have to like check everything on the ship or you know check the the papers of the ship and the side of the ship and blah 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 like so there's always going to be a lot of bureaucracy which can be kind of frustrating but will work to your advantage if you are the sort of people who try to like dodge around it because if you take refuge on an island the empire who might be looking for you can't actually come and like search that island without some sort of like writ from the the one of the central islands so being on that outer ring it allows you to like bounce around from island to island pretty quickly uh most ships going from like the center to the outer islands take quite a while to get there um let me just grab 
one of the standard Empire ships, um, clipper ship, if they wanted to go from the central island to the outer ring. Um, where are we here? Oh, no, that's going in circle. Um, outbound. It would take like 19 days to get from an inner island to the outer islands. And then um, that would be a circle and a circle. And then you might have to like go around the outer ring a little bit. Um, again, just take a quick example here. If you start on this island right here and you wanted to go outward, it would take on one of the the empire ships 4 days to circle around to get to this island and then it would take 15 days to circle around and end up on one of these top islands up here but then if they you were somewhere over here it would be 19 days to get here and then a few days to get over here so like travel from the inner ring to the outer ring is long and slow um and it you know the the speed depends on the type of ship that you have you can heal mm -hmm. on a ship correct heal like uh gain hp oh. from like resting yes yeah. um if you're in like a non-threatening non-combat situation and yeah. you've got time to rest certainly but if you have to like man the oars or you're like fucking with the sails all day long yeah, then you're sure. not really resting yeah um but if you can rest then then yes that you can rest on ship be like laying on the ship and chilling right yep. right right they would need you know time off Cool. Um, we're going to have a lot of different types of ships. They are broken into four classes, very roughly. Uh, class A ships are ships that are usually found on the outer ring. They are ships that are designed to maximize ore power. They have slim characteristics. They have medium-sized crew. They have very low storage capacities. Um, but since they are like maximizing ore power and they're on the outer ring, they are one of the few classes of ships that can actually go against the tide. Um, the wind and the tide are constantly churning in a clockwise inbound direction. And so it's very hard to go against it. The class A ships are designed to go against it. And since the tides and the winds are slowest on the outer ring, you usually find class A ships on the outer ring. Um, you can think of Class A ships sort of vaguely as like Viking ships. They're often in that format where we've got like one mast, we've got like a narrow ship. It's only, you know, one deck high. There's no extra decks on here at all. And everyone is rowing and whatever storage space we have is just like fitted around wherever the rowers are. Uh, Class B ships are built to catch as much wind as possible for high sustained speeds. Um, they're usually found in the Midlands or in the Central Islands. Um, they, of course, do also expand out to the Outer Rings, or ships that move between things a lot are going to be this Class B-style ship. A lot of the Empire ships are this style. Class C is the... Uh, they're designed to get the most out of the natural environment at the least cost. So these are more like cargo ships or merchant ships. They don't go fast and they don't go against the, the terrain at all, but they take very few people to operate. They're kind of slow, but they have a lot of storage space. So um, highly efficient, medium to, uh, small to medium crews, medium speeds, high storage space, general purpose ships. This is, you know... You catch a merchant ship, you catch a trader ship, you cast, you know, any sort of random NPC ship, it's probably going to be a Class C. 
um, that class B is mostly empire ships or people who have like scouting ships or messenger ships or things that need to get somewhere fast. And our very last class of ship are class D ships. These are pure economy vessels. They have low speeds, low crew, high cargo. Um, in fact, they're basically barges. The, the small version is a barge. It's got a sail and fuck all else. And you can carry a bunch of shit on it and it's not going to tip over, but you're not going to be able to go very fast at all um you definitely can't go against the, cur the current and you're not going to really have a lot of maneuverability um the larger version of these are outpost ships these are ships that might sit in between some of these island rings and just kind of like go in circles somewhere between the island rings and act as a possible outpost for a military or an out possible outpost for a trading ship you can think of these more as like a space station that's just like chilling somewhere between islands and is always constantly in movement around the tides and um, we won't have a lot of dealings with them especially in the early game maybe in the late game we'll see more of them since you guys are on the outer ring, to begin with at least, your first ship will probably be somewhere in the Class A section. Um, and I think for pirates who are going to be trying to outrun the law, Class A ships are probably your jam for most of the campaign. You might want to like steal a Class B ship if you're going to be doing something in the middle or in the midlands. But uh, mostly you're going to be dealing with Class A vessels. We will go far more in depth in this um, at a later point because I know I'm giving you guys a lot of information all at once. Um, we good so far? Yeah. Cool. Yep. Ships of the Empire are usually going to be captained by a cleric of some kind, uh, maybe a wizard of some kind. But all of the like important Empire vessels are going to have a cleric and a wizard on them both. And you should be aware of the dangers of that. Um, ship to ship combat. We don't have cannons. We don't have gunpowder. We don't have explosives. So ship to ship combat is like fireball, lightning bolt, um, lance of disruption or if you are a cleric call lightning call lightning is a spell that we rarely ever see in most D, &D campaigns because it takes 10 minutes to cast and then every 10 minutes you get to call down a lightning bolt where like combat rounds are one minute at a time so you could cast 10 lightning bolts in 10 minutes or you could use call lightning and after 10 minutes cast one lightning bolt and then wait another 10 minutes and cast another and wait another 10 minutes and cast another in it most situations like and raining Right, right. And in most situations, that fucking sucks. But in an area where there is a perpetual storm overhead that never breaks, call lightning is hella bomb because the storm's always there. Additionally, if you want to call lightning down on a ship, you don't need to board the ship. You just need to keep a certain distance from the ship within range of the spell. Don't catch up. Don't fall too far behind. And then you can just call lightning bolt after lightning bolt after lightning bolt over a course of a couple of hours. And the other ship isn't going to be able to get close enough to you because call lightning outranges all other combat spells. So ship to ship combat, super fucking dangerous, especially against empire ships, because they can start their call lightning and then just try to get some distance between you and then kite you for days, right? Uh, so if you're going to be going up against another vessel in any sort of ship-to-ship -ship combat or any sort of boarding exercise, you're going to want to make sure that it's a boat you can take on because you don't want to be like on the receiving end of a call lightning spell where they obliterate your vessel 
from far enough away that they're never in a threat zone, you know? Yeah. So yeah. ship to ship combat um, is fancy and complicated. That mm -hmm. cleric spell, Whirlpool, are you gonna ban that? Because that seems like does not like auto destroy ships. <laughs> um yes, I'm still working on my ban list for spells for this region. Um Part of a larger spell project i'm working on but yeah there's a bunch of things we're just gonna scrap and remove um, etherealness nice. as a set of a third level cleric spell is broken especially in this campaign um, because we do the ethereal plane differently than it normally is written so the etherealness spell as a third level spell is just like super powerful um, whirlpool is probably going to be gotten rid of uh frisky chest i think is getting gotten rid of um what is the one that increases the weight of things relative to the person who holds it? Um, weighty chest, we're going to scrap. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of these things. Um, I'll work with the spellcasters in person to deal with this stuff individually. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Um, so just be aware of ship-to-ship -ship combat. It can be frisky. You don't want to make mistakes here um do, 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 do. i have a list of like types of people that you're going to encounter on vessels um i don't think we need to go over it but just like a quick rundown of officers that you'll find on a ship the captain runs the ship he's in charge often doubles as a helmsman and triples as a navigator but doesn't necessarily have to be your quartermaster is in charge of supplies and pay um, the quartermaster makes sure everyone has the food that they need, has the pay that they need, takes care of like keeping track of all of the supplies on the ship, ordering new supplies. It's the second most important position next to captain. Some people might say the quartermaster is more important, but the captain has like combat authority. So they kind of like artificially get shoved up there. But the quartermaster is like the core. Your navigator is the person who tracks the ship's location via stars. We don't really have a lot of stars out because there's that perpetual storm overhead, but they will use other visible markers, charts, maps, whatever direction things they can find. Ships often have doctors. Um, if there's a cleric on hand, uh, clerics of a stair have healing spells, so they'll often double, but if it's not a ship of an empire, they might have a doctor. If there's no doctor on board, then the carpenter is the doctor because um you know What's that's the next best person who knows how to cut things <laughs> and put things back together so it's either a doctor or a carpenter um sergeant at arms is another important rank that we're going to have on ships that's the lead warrior the person in charge of training soldiers and leading combat um, they're usually going to be a fairly decent level fighter and will sort of lead the rest of the soldiers and the rest of the ship in any sort of combat action or any sort of like land raiding action captain's in charge sergeant at arms is like you know the the go-to tank you probably a higher combat level than a captain in most situations uh, your boatswain is the person who oversees the physical integrity of the ship and like helps patch it up and repair it. The ship is a big, complicated vessel. You can almost think of it as like a living organism. It's got problems. Things leak. There are holes. Things break. You lose, you lose materials and need to replace them. Boatswain is in charge of all of that shit. Um, and those are like the major officers. Then we go down to Cook, Helmsman, and Cooper. Your cook runs the kitchen. It's a dedicated job you have a cook for a ship and that's all they do and they work their asses off and everyone wants to be friends with the cook because the cook deals you out your portions and makes the food and it, you know is sort of the lifeline if the cook dies everyone's just eating shit food for the rest of their lives and it sucks everyone loves the cook be nice to the cook nice. uh your helmsman mans the helm steers the ship 
oftentimes the captain can do that but if you're on like a bigger vessel the captain's got other shit to do or like you might need a helmsman while the captain's not actually steering it uh it's a pretty important position but it's not always around the cooper um is also the it's the barrel maker also doubles as a carpenter also triples as the doctor if there are none uh barrels are how everything gets transported and stowed and the integrity of those the the ship is only as good as the integrity of their barrels and their cargo if your barrels start to break and you leak your water or they start to leak open and your food gets rotten you're all fucked right so the cooper the man who maintains the barrels important role and then we get to the last three, uh, the last category of four people, uh, a lookout, a sailor, an oarsman and a deckhand. So sailor does sailing things. And when I say sailing in this context, I mean related to the sails, to bringing up the sails, bringing them down, letting them out, letting them in, um, doing all the rigging and jigging and that sort of stuff. Your oarsman is a rower, and it is a skillful position. There have been rumors of, like, the ancient Egyptians had slaves rowing their ships. No, you would never do that. Um, rowing is a core part of ship navigation. It allows you to um, angle yourself a lot more carefully than you ever could by wind. It allows you to go against tides and currents. It allows you to, like, vary your speed. It, it's very precise, very exact, and hugely important. Ro oarsmen are trained positions. If you're an oarsman, all you do is row you don't fight you don't deal with sails you just row your deckhand moves cargo assists with miscellaneous jobs they move shit about they're just like the general labor workforce but they don't do any steering any navigation any sailing any rowing and then lookout is just like lowest man on the totem pole you just go and look at shit and report back when people yell at you um, and those are, generally speaking, our positions on a vessel. If you look at historical records, there's a lot more positions, a lot more titles. We're trying to simplify things down into like one cohesive system because reality is rare, rarely one cohesive system. You know, the, the Vikings had one system and the, the Romans had another system and the Romans in 500 had a different system and the British had it. You know, it's, it's complicated and it, it varies with the era. But we're going to use this like condensed list. Um, and these are the sorts of rules and ranks that we've got there. So that is our quick and dirty introduction to this region. We'll go more in depth as the campaign continues, but I want to just give everyone a, a nice heads up on it. Um, great. Great. Right. Brilliant. So do we have any questions about the world, about mechanics, about our characters? Any questions at all? This is the open Q&A portion for the cast. What do you guys want to know or get some direction on? For like a for like a class A ship that we most likely will be um, mm -hmm. manning, what's like the minimum crew requirement? That is an excellent question. Um, so a minimum crew requirement for a long ship um, would be four people. Uh, and that would be where you're not rowing, you're just using the sail on the long ship. That would be one person to steer, three people to deal with the um, the the sails, bringing them up, bringing them down, being able to change their position. If you have fewer than four people on a long ship like that, you just, it's not going to operate. 
um, you're not really going to be able to go anywhere. You're just wrecked and fucked. So four people is like bare minimum. Um, if you want it to work well, you're going to need eight people for a long ship that has two masts. Um, a, a cutter ship that only has one mast, you would only need four people for. Uh, if you wanted to like fully gear out a long ship with a complete contingency of rowers, it would be uh, 40 rowers plus eight people to do like sailing and steering and stuff. So that's actually a fairly large crew of 48, you know, to 50. Um, which brings us to an interesting point. Crew. It's a lot of people. Crews get complicated. They need to be fed. You might want to use them for things that they didn't sign on for. It gets messy. And a lot of sailing type campaigns fall apart based on their crew. So your first quest, once we're like actually in the game, we're not doing like pre-character or pre-show, what do we call them? Flashback episodes. We're not doing like how who you are and how you got here. Uh, the first quest that you guys come across is when you wash up on shore, you're going to hear th- about some people looking for this um these magic items that like make boats row themselves or make boats like um automatically deploy sails by themselves so your first storyline is going to be acquiring hopefully uh the tools that you need to avoid having to deal with the crew and being able to like row a ship by itself or sail a ship by itself which doesn't mean you won't need to be making um seamanship checks but it will mean that you can effectively replace a rowing section of your crew or a sailing section of your crew with a a magic item Um, and we'll get more details into that in our first few sessions but uh, crew is a complicated mess you know if you have a crew and then you're like, we're going to go raid this place on land. Come on, sailors, let's all go fight. And then the sailors fight and the battle goes poorly and then you lose all your crew and now you can't leave on your ship and the campaign just like yeah. runs into the ground. So um, if you're in a situation where you are dependent on your crew to power your ship, uh, I would heavily recommend that you do not take your crew to do combat actions or combat maneuvers because if you lose them, then you you just get fucked really fast. Yeah, it's an easy temptation. There's also the threat of like, you know, you've got this big crew of NPCs that in game the characters are spending a lot of time with, but like in terms of actually playing, there's not really enough time to explore those relationships. So they almost become expendable in a way that they wouldn't really be because the characters would have some sort of friendship or emotional connection to these mm-hmm. to these people in real life. Yeah, it just yeah, becomes Sailor number 35. And who cares yeah, about exactly. Sailor number 35, you know? Um, so it's messy. It's gross. Cool. Yeah, the idea of ships that sail themselves, I'm all on board. Classic, yep. literally, on board. I have been PM'd, and uh, it's not Boatswin, it's Bosun. I'm sorry. Okay. Bosun, not Boatswain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not cancelled just yet, but you close know, to it though. Link. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> close. Sure there was one guy in Twitch chat who was really mad about that. He's fuming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's so angry. It's fine. We, if you come up with any uh, nautical terms that you want to introduce to the class, um, that'd also be great. Um, any other questions? I'm sure they're hmm. out there. I don't think I have any right now. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm mostly good. Yeah, I think so. 
great. So let's talk our first couple sessions. We had chatted earlier about doing some like who they were and how they got here things. And I think those are really fun to do. And I think they help each character, each player gets to know their character a little bit. So I was thinking we might do um, like a session where we talk about or a half session where we talk about um, Potato McWhiskey and how they became a cleric. A half section on oh, uh, Nilrin? Nilrim? What was your character's name? Nilrim. Yeah. Nilrim. yeah. <clears throat> and how, well, you know, their objectives, how they came to be coming towards the Dardens, what they wanted. Um, those would probably each be a half session and then maybe a full session between Nick and Pokemon or maybe a half session there where... We can do like a quarter session on Pokemon by himself, quarter session Nick by himself, half session of them together. So that way everyone's got yeah. a little bit of a history between them or, you know, yes. each character has its own identity before we all get lumped together. Uh, and I think that sure. would be a fun way to, to start all of this stuff off. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that, that for the campaigns. Cool. Great. Um, so why don't we do the first one of those next week? Who wants to go for our first session? Uh, two people. Do you want to do? Yeah, two people. So like Potato and McWhiskey, and I can go at the same time. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you, you want to wanna... do the next week, Potato, or do you want to do the week after? Yeah, I don't. I can do. I can do next week. Uh, I'll, I assume Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday. 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 Oh, Tuesday. Oh, right. We're doing them on Tuesdays. Oh, I thought I said Thursday. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Tuesday's good. Okay. We'll do the first one next Tuesday, and then. Uh, I can show up for the first two hours, then you can show up for the other two. Uh, I would prefer you the, the first earlier. Time? Yeah, because it's kind of later for me. Okay. I don't know if that. Yeah, that's good by okay. me. Cool, cool. Um, and then the rest of you, since this is all your campaign as well, uh, are we cool to stream this to your channel, even if you're not actively playing at that moment, or do you want oh, us sure. to not? Because yeah, I think no, we all want records of the vods, right? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Me. All right. We'll check in yeah, beforehand. Ahead. Uh, and then we will do Nick and Pokemon on the other side. Perfect. Amazing. Amazing. Right. Uh, so that is all I have for us for today. Cool. I think our characters oh. are good enough to go, and then we will oh, just wait. Hop- there is there is one thing we've missed though, actually. Um, in, just in case there are any aspiring artists out there, we've not discussed what our characters look like. Great topic, Nick. Tell us what we look like. We look like, or what I look like. Tell us what you look like. All right, so Captain John Winters, right? Piercing blue eyes with mid-length dark hair loosely pushed up his face and blowing in the breeze. Wears leather armor with a rapier at his side and daggers and a bandolier across his chest. He's got tattoos on his arms and chest and wears an eye patch, despite still having both of his eyes. And he has a beloved black pirate hat that he covets a above all else uh i'll have my description by next week i need to think about it more i'm not sure what he looks like yet mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm, I'm just... yeah go ahead uh archie is just this huge muscular bald guy got a beard going on around his chin um Big bushy black eyebrows. He's mostly topless. He's got like tattoos all over his body. Just your standard like big brawly henchman kind of guy. Nice. 
Uh, I'd say my guy is kind of more like an oily character. He kind of has like a <laughs> greasy beard. Um, you know, like the um, like he's clean cut, but there's something just like not right when you look at him. It's like this guy's just there's something going on there. Like you know, um, you know, in Aladdin, what's the um, the evil guy? Jafar. Yeah, it's like that kind of a thing. He's got like nice. a pointed beard and a swirling mustache. Nice. <laughs> cool. Good stuff. Um, last thing to say, I think it would be a fun mechanic where I will reward our player characters with experience. If at the start of the campaign, like at the start of each session, you guys have a fun fact about sailing or piracy or like um, nautical history <laughs> that you want to bring to the table, if you want to show nice. up and be like, I read this story about so and so, the the sailor who did X, Y, and Z, and you can give us like you know a two minute historical take on sailing things, or if you show up and be like, I read about this new position on a boat, it's called a blah blah blah, and this is what they do. Like, if you want to come and educate the rest of the class with sailing or piracy related topics. I will happily uh, dole out some extra XP for that, just as a incentive. Cool. All right. Alrighty. I like it. We'll see you next week, I guess. See you guys next week for the beginning of Tides of Death. Bye, everyone. Awesome. See you guys. See you then. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>